go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this Friday the 13th, January 2023. Uh, it's no uh, no big deal. I'm not afraid of Friday the 13th. You're not afraid. We're rational people, right? Yeah. But, of course, we don't step on cracks or walk under ladders. Or You know, there's a practical reason for not walking under ladders if you get right down to it. Um, hi, I'm Robin. It's Friday on the front porch, and uh, what a, well, I have a feeling we're going to have a heck of a conversation this evening. Here in about an hour or so, we will gather together in the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves and uh, cuss and discuss the issues of the day and of the week and see, uh, just see, just see where, uh, where we stand. Um, If you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is the uh, Horn Chat Room. Well, pop on by, head on dot live, click on chat room, pick out a screen name and a password, and you will be uh, immediately ushered into the grandiosity that is the Horn Chat Room, where you'll be greeted by early arrivers and people who were wondering where the hell I was, uh, namely Anatole and Irish Dave and Ralphs and Rick in Europe and Squeaky and Theo and uh, uh, Matt in San Francisco was there for a couple of minutes just uh, to see where the hell I was. Uh, and uh, well, I was on the phone, and it was one of those it was one of those phone calls. Trust me, you wanted me to you you, you wanted me on the phone. Uh, it was it was important. Um, not business. Not no. no it was. Trust me, yeah. Uh, but at any rate, at any rate, sorry for being a couple of minutes late. But we, uh, you know, we, we we've made up for you know, well, we're making up for the absence of Monday, slowly but surely. I don't know. We may wind up going a little overtime uh, this evening with the in the old holler tree. But uh, every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so we say thank you to our 13th day of the month subscribers. And uh, that means thank you to Gary and Gaia out in Oregon. Thank you so much. Um, Oh, darn it. There we go. Um, And thanks as well 
uh, to uh, uh, Paul. Thank you, Paul. And uh, those are our 13th day of the month subscribers. Thank you so much. And thank you very kindly for, oh, my goodness gracious, a have a show on me. That's magnificent. Thank you to uh, Scott in Texas. Thank you so very much. That's huge, and that gets us down to uh, uh, that, that gets us down to uh, four hundred dollars to for to finish the week, and that's uh, that's fantastic. Thank you, Scott. Thank you so very much. Uh, that means that uh, everything, but but uh, today and a hundred dollars worth of yesterday is funded, and every penny right now is like at crisis level. So I cannot thank you enough. And thanks to all of our subscribers and uh, Patreon and PayPal and and Venmo. Uh, thank you to our Venmo contributors and thank you to our uh, Cash App contributors. Thank you all uh, so much for keeping uh, this afloat, uh, especially when times get particularly brutal uh, like they are right now. Thank you. Uh, I guess after uh, after the storm to- tore hell through the... Uh, South, southeast yesterday, we're getting a slightly milder, colder version of it. It's been uh, it's been snowing here all day. Nothing, you know, it's beginning to stick, but nothing, nothing, nothing much in the way of accumulation. Uh, yeah, Flavio, we are working on it. When you uh, when are you doing a new intro? You need a new intro for Robin Kincaid. You're probably working on it and mentioned it, and I missed it. We are. Um, we've made a uh, we've made a first pass at it. It needs some tweaking. And uh, hopefully, sooner rather than later, the new intro will be will be playing. Um, cross your fingers. I got a little story just to just you know I know save your relatability for your friends. Hi, Lady B. Uh, I had to be I had to be up at like six o'clock this morning so I could get my uh, because. Um, my daughter has a new job, and I had to uh, had to take her to work. And uh, so, I turned out I completely misread the calendar, and I had her there an hour and a half early instead of a half hour early. So, we decided to go for coffee, and we went to this one little place in Fayetteville. It's a delightful little local. I try, I try, God, I try to stay local and not participate in chains and whatnot. Um, so we went to this little local place and while Margie and I were sitting there uh, a woman and her four kids came in and they were absolutely just beautiful little kids and they sat down right next to us and the little two year old in the high chair was just looking at Margie and me and we were waving and playing peepee and yeah, um, it was just sweet. So we struck up a conversation. I asked her. I said, to, you know, I said a million years ago we had four little ones like this. And I said, used to drive my ex crazy when somebody would come up and say, "Are they all yours?" And she got to where she was rather a smart ass about it, and she'd say things like, "No, I just pick them up on the side of the road. Of course, they're all mine." Or, or. Uh, uh, no, uh, well, yes, they are, and we live down. We, we we live up a holler in a big house that looks like a shoe. Uh, but 
uh, when I when I uh, I thought of the I thought of the story when I saw uh, Matt in San Francisco had been in the room. Uh, she said, "Well, we just moved here." And I said, "Really? Where from?" And she said, "Well, my grandparents were from here, and every summer we would come here when I was a kid, and I just loved it." And she said, uh, "We lived in San Francisco." And we were looking around for somewhere else to go, and we'd looked at some places in Mexico. And she said, "Then I just saw this. I saw this this farm open up for sale back here." And I looked at the I looked at the whole family and said, "Pack your bags. We're 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 going we're going to West Virginia." So usually it's a matter, and you know, I was talking about some of this last night in regard to my own status. It's a matter of going the other direction, you know folks leaving West Virginia but in this case we had a lovely it was it was a lovely situation where um, uh, this this wonderful woman and her five five little kids uh, one was in school the other four were with her and they were just adorable oh my god they were adorable um, decided to come and be voluntary West Virginians uh, so I just I just thought I'd, I'd mention that at the outset. Just a sweet little, sweet little story. I told her you're going to find yourself feeling like you're a long way from home because she had grown up. She'd grown up in the Bay Area, and now they're now they're Gorge people. Hey, how are you, Gorge? All right. Uh, good to hear. Randy Radar tell me telling me uh, his aunt and uncle are okay in Alabama, but their power and their internet are out. I'm just glad they're okay. Uh, it tore hell through there and came right on up. Uh, it came right on up the Appalachians. So I guess we're probably going to get snowed on for the next couple of days. I heard on the radio coming here, uh, coming back home, um, that I guess there are a couple. You know, atmospheric river. I think there's something to what Scary Jerry was talking about a couple of nights ago when he said these are hurricanes. They just don't. These are eyeless hurricanes. And when they said, well, you know, there's going to be a couple of more of these atmospheric rivers uh, hitting the West Coast, it's, what? Let's just call them bands. Because this is what it, for those of you who are not used to things like hurricanes and whatnot, this is what it looks like when band after band after band of a hurricane hits you. And it's it's deeply worrisome. The Damages are way, way, way up into the crazy billions already. And it, I keep coming back to it. We had that story last night about ExxonMobil's models for what was going to happen were creepily accurate as far back as the 70s. And, well, they sat around harumphing in their boardroom and smoking cigars and their puzzle guts sticking out of their vests and... I better not tell the rubes about this. It might cut into the quarterly profits, and then we won't have our stock split. And where the hell would that leave us? I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Harumph! Yeah, watch your ass. And you think back, because we also had a reference in yesterday's program to that wonderful line of uh, from uh, John Goodman portraying Rex Tillerson, the CEO of... Exxon before he became Secretary of State under Nitwit Nero, saying, well, there I was, the 
head of the most powerful corporation on earth, and the next thing I know, I'm being fired by a man who sells meat through the mail. But you think about everybody, and maybe it would be nice to file some sort of a lawsuit and depose them uh, and find out if, you know, when Rex Tillerson, well, Mr. Tillerson, did you know that your company had accurately predicted the effects of climate change back in the 70s? Anybody ever tell you, Rexy? And do that with every still remaining extant alive, sitting up, former CEO of ExxonMobil. Somewhere along the way, there has got to be some accountability. Oh, and by the way, I mentioned all the early arrivers in the chat room. It's a nice group this evening. Uh, they are capably moderated by Pinch Hit Midweek Chat Room Utility Moderator and all-around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgistan. And, of course, uh, Horn Chief Agronomist and Mathematician Roger in Oregon. And I would be remiss if I did not note that uh, longtime inveterate, indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky is indeed on the job. So uh, a lot of cops. I mean, I'm in there, too. four cops, but at least there's more than one, <laughs> one, one chat room member per cop. So one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. I'm not sure what the percentage is there. Um, and thank you very kindly to a friend who sent us uh, sent us some uh, freeze-dried meal products. Those are going to come in handy for when the uh, you know power goes out and the like. Thank you so very kindly. I picked those up today over at the uh, Horn mailbox at 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, PMB 318, Beckley, West Virginia, 25801. Thank you so much. Yeah. New year, new intro. That's right, Flavio. We're about two and a half years behind. Well, okay, no, two years. I'm two years behind because it came out on December. Yeah, two years behind. Um, and we will be working on getting that done. So where does that leave us for a starting point uh, for this here Friday on the front porch? Let's run to France real quick. Uh, the story comes from Agence France Presse. And uh, there's been a tragedy over there. Sad, sad thing. A little 13-year-old boy committed suicide. And he did so because he was relentlessly... And mercilessly bullied by his classmates because he was gay. And so the entire French Republic is deeply distraught. A little boy named Lucas in the Vosges region, region of eastern France hanged himself. Uh, one of the uh, uh, regional prosecutors, a man named uh, Frédéric Naon, said that he had been uh, bullied by pupils at his school for several months due to his homosexuality. And there was a news conference today in which that regional prosecutor said there was a journal entry in which he said he wanted to kill himself because of it. 
And so they will actually they will actually have a full-on potentially criminal investigation because of this event which has in, has shocked the republic. Uh, Clement Bone is the minister of transport. He he's a gay man. Said homophobia kills. Sadness and support to the family of Lucas. The education minister of uh, the the Republic of France said, "I'm thinking of all the students like him who are bullied. Their despair is the basis of my determination to prevent all forms of bullying." The uh, uh, entire event, the, the the horror, has been reported to the education ministry. It happened in a place called Golbet, at a, a school, the Louis Armand School. And something will probably come of this. The Minister of Diversité, Isabel Holm, said this is intolerable. All light must be shed on this tragedy and the homophobic circumstances surrounding it. The family hasn't filed a criminal complaint yet because, well, they simply need to t- need the time to bury their son in peace. Sometime in the next few weeks, there will actually be a march in Lucas's memory. His classmates had been mocking him and bullying him and tormenting him since the end of the holidays in September. And while the school said, oh, we take these things very seriously, there's no evidence whatever, according to the regional prosecutor, that the school did a damn thing about the harassment allegations. And I mention all of this because kids being bullied, bullied to death, in schools here in Merca, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now, today, forever, in the universe, under God, amen. Well, that generally only happens on days that end in Y in this country. There's a little bit of hand-wringing and, you know, the good God-fearing, upstanding, Bible-believing, Christ-centered, evangelical, fundamentalist, homosexual, Christian Republicans will go silent for 15 seconds. But if you, if you raise the issue of trying to uh, take affirmative measures to stop bullying in the schools, immediately those self-same good God-fearing etc. will begin to bark and grunt and hoot and howl and shriek and pray and speak in tongues and roll on the floor and pour Clorox on each other and handle snakes and talk about how in America, we got a First Amendment freedom of religion, and people is free to hate ch- other children, and they and, and and they are free to bully them children till they hangs themselves by their necks till they're dead. Because Jesus, because Marka, what a what a what a what a case in. Contrast. Here it's as regular as 
rain. In France, it happens once, and the entire nation is subsumed in grief and determined to take every effort to make sure it never happens again. Ah, oh, you see, you got to understand them, them French. They ain't got freedom like we got here in America. They ain't got no freedom. See, they ain't got no freedom of religion. They ain't got no freedom of speech. See, it's freedom of speech when you want to hate on a kid. Yeah. But at least they're going to try to do something about it. As opposed to America, where we don't do anything about kids bullied into suicide, and we also don't think do anything about uh, kids who are blown away by First Amendment remedy-bearing, God-fearing patriots, otherwise known as lawful gun owners. Not a damn thing. And this, I, I, I was, I was intrigued by this because you know, you know where my head is and what my theory is on this matter. According to the Wall Street Journal, uh, the investigation into who leaked the draft of the uh, Dodd decision is making some headway. Um, a source speaking to the Wall Street Journal said uh, and the Wall Street Journal reporting notes each justice has allotted four law clerks but dozens of other court employees might also have had access to the draft opinion at times hints of the court's internal dynamics have emerged before decisions were published but the leak of a complete draft opinion was unprecedented and several justices have said devastating to relations within the court. So, the Wall Street Journal doesn't uh, necessarily say who done it, but they say that uh, there's a small number of suspects now that include some clerks who work for some of the Supreme Court justices and something tells me that if it had been a clerk for Sonia Sotomayor or Elena Kagan or Justice Breyer, that it would be splashed all over the pages of Rupert Murdoch's financial, uh, financial rag. I still say it was directed by Sammy Badbreath in order to harden support for that nightmare horror of a Supreme Court decision that made us all, made every woman in America, every person capable of bearing a child, a compulsory member of the Roman Catholic Church. Because that decision is Roman Catholic Church doctrine writ large. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. 
As to the story out of France, uh, Flavio says Epinal is a sister city to La Crosse, Wisconsin, where I am. Uh, the town was Gobey. The French, Flavio adds, will probably promulgate a law against homophobic bullying on account of this case. And the law will bear Lucas' name. I've been anglicizing it, Lucas. suspect it's Lucas. French have a hard time pronouncing the letter S at the end of words. Kidding. But you're right. You're right, Flavio. They probably will. They'll, they'll, they'll do something. Um, oh, and speaking of doing something, here's an interesting little tidbit of, um, well, it, it sure does look like evidence of a conspiracy to me. I'll, I'll leave, you know, I'll, I'll leave your own impressions to you, but uh, Rolling Stone had an article, has an article, um, that makes the assertion that uh, Stop the Steal conspiracy leader Ali Alexander tipped off Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, to uh, make like a tree and leave the capital of the United States before the terrorists attacked and breached the building. The article is deep inside the final report of the J6 committee. There was a text message that Ali Alexander sent to a uh, one of the uh, most senior of demon dentist Gosar's staff. Ali Alexander told the Gosar chief of staff, uh, Thomas Van Flyn, I think you and your staff should maybe leave. This is hell out here. Which is interesting because Ali Alexander, in testimony before the January 6th committee, was asked if he knew of any, if he had advanced knowledge of any uh, thing that would uh, cause him to send that message. And he said, well, I thought they could potentially be in danger if this escalated. I knew a lot of people in Congress. I wouldn't want them hurt. So I said, I think you and your staff should maybe leave. Now, in retrospect, that's stupid because where were they going to go? Into hiding. Y'all, they're still doing it. They are still doing it. And they were up to their eyeballs in conspiracy. And that's no conspiracy theory. Uh, this will, uh, well, this will interest our buddy Dave in Talibandiana and the gang down there at Crazy Dave's, Crazy Dave's Crucifixion Emporium. Uh, hey, Gladys. Um, they're in Talibandianapolis, where Dave lives. A uh, lab worker recently got fired. Yeah, because, well, because he'd been sending some a rather graphic message in all caps, you know, writing like his god emperor, Nitwit Nero. 
Eric Swalwell posted the threatening message to Twitter. Um, <laughs> the genius even it, it linked to his own LinkedIn profile. His name is Jonathan Reeser, and he works for Patient's Choice Laboratories. The message sent to Eric Swalwell read, You fucking traitor, screaming, of course, all caps. You fucking traitor loser, and you're so proud when you go to sleep every night. I hope you family is raped and murdered, and I hope you get tied to the back of a truck and drugged 10,000 miles until you body is ripped to pieces, you scum. No punctuation anywhere in here. Well, okay, there's a period after scum. I wish I saw you in person. I'd break your fucking face so fast you'd have plastic surgery and never look the same again. Try me, pussy. Well, the PR team, the damage control team at Patient's Choice Laboratories got right on the ball. Uh, We were appalled by the recent comments made by one of our employees. We do not stand for or condone offensive or threatening behaviors. After an internal investigation, the individual has been terminated effective immediately and is no longer affiliated with the company. Um, Over at the Daily Beast, the reporter Alec Karam said, The message came after newly reinstated Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy amplified his vow to keep Swalwell off intel committees. Because that was one of the promises he made, that there would be vengeance had for the removal of Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, for having uh, having uh, uh, fantasized murdering AOC. And, of course, of, uh, you know, marginal trailer queen for, well, which part? The threats of violence, the racism, the... The hanging out with uh, fascist Mexican white supremacists, right? And uh, when uh, when when uh, the weaker speaker announced that, by God, Eric Swalwell won't be on a committee, uh, then uh, that got Mr. Reeser all worked up and excited I guess he got a violent stiffy or something Jesus what we haven't heard here is that uh, any um, any law enforcement personnel have been called into the issue to like maybe investigate a Felony? Because I'm pretty sure that message constitutes a felony. At least it should. And then, uh, out in Idaho. There's more than one story out there, more than just the murder of four four college students. No, we've never heard of him before, but I have a feeling we'll hear more out of him. Uh, 
you remember way back when, when the uh, when the Republicans were running what was called a war on women, because it was, and you had like billionaires saying, you know, the best way to not get pregnant is for a woman to put an aspirin between her knees, or uh, the guy in Missouri who said uh, uh, that women don't get pregnant from rape because a woman's body has way of sh- ways of shutting that stuff down. Well, it's not like it ever it's not like it ever went away. So Representative Jack Nelson uh, this past Tuesday was introducing himself to the House Agriculture Committee. And in that introduction, Jack Nelson said, I've milked a few cows, spent most of my time walking behind lines of cows. So if you want some ideas on repro and the women's health thing, I have some definite opinions. He thinks he's an expert on women's reproductive health because cattle farmer. Over at the Idaho Statesman, they penned an editorial that was so obnoxious in which they said it'd be nice if uh, men like Nelson would demonstrate a bit of humility and decency and not paint themselves as experts in women's health care, which they certainly are not. It would also be nice if they kept their mouths shut a little more and didn't insult women and saved Idaho from national embarrassment. The Idaho Democratic Party, you know, both of them, sorry, blood red state, said, let us be clear. Politicians like Jack Nelson have no business mandating our reproductive health care decisions, period. So this then uh, triggered the automatic non-apology apology response from Jack Nelson, who said, the women in my life have taught me strength, resilience, integrity, hard work, joy, and love. I absolutely respect women and the right to choose their own health care. The way I phrased my statement about women and reproductive rights yesterday completely missed the mark. Oh, that's it. He missed the mark. He's not a he's not a gynophobic freak. We're past misogyny. You know, misogyny is just a, a sort of generic hatred for women. This is gynophobia. I'm embarrassed, he went on and said, and I offended others in the process. I'm deeply sorry. I recognize the mistake and commit to doing better in the future. I've always operated and will continue to operate under the standard that the government does not belong in the doctor's office. Um, Dude's a Republican, okay? And I'm pretty sure he's a fetus fetishist and probably voted to put the government in a woman's doctor's office. And he certainly does not support a woman's right to choose her own health care when it comes to reproductive choice. The honorable thing for him to have done would have been to have simply resigned. But I doubt we're going to get that. 
because, frankly, yeah. Well, there's a lot of, probably a lot of Idahoans who agree with him that women should be considered in the same light as breeder cattle. That is, after all, the upshot of the Dodd decision now, isn't it? Of course it is. And then, then this. Out to Missouri, Stan. I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, folks like our pal Kenda in Missouri are already well aware of this story coming out of uh, Jefferson City, Jeff City, Missouri, the state capital. Where I started college was about 25 miles from 25 miles from Columbia and 25 miles from Jefferson City. And sometimes we'd take those back roads and go down and hang out in Jefferson City. It was a lot bigger than Fulton was. Well, Republicans have complete, absolute, total control of the legislature there. Maggots do. And so because all the other problems, all the other issues have been solved in Missouri, one presumes, um, well, uh, they've gotten around to policing how women who are members of the Missouri State Legislature attire themselves. And I, I don't, you know, with stories like this, I don't ever want to hear a Republican so much as mention how women are treated uh, in barbaric countries like Afghanistan and Saudi Arabia and Iran. And, you know, how Orthodox Jewish women are treated, ultra Orthodox women. Never again. Of course, they never really mentioned the latter there, the, 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 uh, because the Republicans in the state of Missouri have decided that the mere sight of an uncovered female arm is probably enough to send all those good, God-fearing Missouri Republican men into paroxysms of uncontrollable, orgiastic lust. And so they've said that all women who are members of the... Of the I almost said West Virginia. Well, it'll come here soon enough, won't it? If it isn't already here. Um, they, 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 they promulgated a rule that says uh, women must keep their filthy... Hypersexual, dirty, sin-inducing arms covered, and that they they cannot wear anything sleeveless, and that their arms must be at all times covered, out of respect for the state of Missouri and the capital. Jesus. Um, there was a rule 
introduced by Representative Ann Kelly, a maggot from Lamar, Missouri, that said, absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, women would have to wear jackets while in the House chamber, even though there was already a rule that said that uh, a blazer or something like that would be required of women. There was a little bit of movement, yay, women's rights, in which a cardigan was determined to fall within the ambit of the word jacket. You think these assholes know anything about Jim Jacket off Jordan over there in Ohio? I mean, I know it's several states away, but he is a well-known member of the maggot party. Maggot Ann Kelly said, It is essential to always maintain a formal and professional atmosphere on the House floor. To ensure this happens, I have felt compelled to offer this amendment which cleans up cleans up some of the language in Rule 98 by mirroring the previous language in the gentleman's dress code. Representative Emily Weber is a Democrat from Kansas City. Speaking to the Kansas City Star, she said, The entire conversation we're having is once again controlling women on what they can and cannot do. Missouri's getting national news about our first week back in session, but ultimately it's taken away from the other issues that we were trying to talk about. And the... uh, The the fact that the Democrats are pushing back by saying cardigans? Can, can, Can somebody please explain to me? I mean, nobody's talking about women wearing Daisy Dukes and halter tops. Although, quite frankly, when you consider the legislation that comes out of that body, um, well... That might be more apropos. Then again, instead of that noble-looking capital on the banks of the river there in Jefferson City, it might be more apropos if the Missouri legislature met in a goddamn treehouse. Now, the previous House rule said, well, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the sinful daughters of Eve can wear dresses or skirts or slacks with a blazer or a sweater and appropriate dress shoes or boots. Jesus. Um, Senator Lauren Arthur, a Kansas City Democrat, said, you know, on the day this happened, I was wearing a blouse without a jacket and everything was fine. Oh my God, you could probably see her bra straps! And that's going to get them God-fearing men all worked up. It never ends. Virginia Ramsmeyer, 
or, or Ramsey or Winter teaches at the University of Missouri School of Health Professions. She directs the Center for Body Image Research and Policy. And she said uh, that the problem here is that it these rules imply that women are in charge of whether men are distracted. You know, that's the whole ancient, what's its, uh, you know, biblical, Quranic um, notion that women distract men with their long and flowing logs and their whorish predilection for trying to distract men from studying the will of God. You know, there's a bright line that runs between this and, you know, a rape case where the first question is, well, honey, how are you dressed? Matt in San Francisco writing in uh, Dress Code. I really feel that, in, that that investment I made in that handmade attire company is going to pay off big in 2024. And that's the question that needs to be asked in the Missouri legislature. Okay, we're going to do this. Why not just mandate women wear beekeeper suits like they do in Afghanistan? Hey, why stop there? Just throw all the women who aren't self-hating Republican women out of the legislature. Harlots. Professor Winter said, that's really problematic. That's harmful. Men are perfectly capable of controlling themselves, and girls and women should be able to be comfortable in what they're wearing. It's atrocious to me that they're applying this to female legislators, and it's kind of mind-blowing. The Republicans are saying, well, that's not fair. We're just trying to clear it. It's right now. Uh, this is representing Doug Ritchie from Excelsior Springs. He, of course, is a maggot. It's right now being communicated that Republicans are out to, like, force women to do, you know, but when you actually read the rule, it's extremely benignant. Benign. The, the, the rule was to clarify what a jacket would be considered for the women's. Because there's always been an expectation that the women's and the men's would be expected to wear business attire, and that includes a jacket. It's a normal process for any entity regarding a professional work environment. We just happen to have a political context that we have to navigate, and because of that, it's right for some members to grandstand and try to make it into something that's not. Jesus Christ. Uh, next door in bloody Kansas, bleeding Kansas, their House of Representatives uh, don't have a dress code. It's just kind of assumed that people having been elected to the, to the, to the state house will dress accordingly. It should be noted, however, the Kansas City Star points out that uh, at the uh, opening to uh, the, the entrance to their chamber, there's a 
there's a sign that tells people not to wear any hats. And of course, even 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 that, I was thinking about that earlier today. You know, um, there's an old rule, probably not enforced any or, or even extant anymore. But there was an old rule. I was taught it. That and and in fact, the late great Alabama football coach Bear Bryant, you know, he always wore that that houndstooth fedora. It's become legendary. It's it's practically a hieroglyph for. Bear Bryant, just the hat, and he always wore it on the sidelines. But they played a bowl game in the Superdome one time, and he was bareheaded. And they said, "Where's your hat, Coach?" And he said, "Mama always told me not to wear a hat in the house, and this this building got a roof on it." Women, however, are allowed to wear a hat in the house because women are supposed to keep their sinful. Uh, uh, paroxysms of orgiastic horniness, uh, hair-inducing in, 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 hair uh, covered up for the sake of the delicate and dainty men folks. <sighs> what a world, what a world, what a world. wonder what would happen to a member of the Missouri legislature if she walked in wearing a, I don't know, perfectly business-appropriate sleeveless dress? Thank God the Missouri Republicans are on the job. Amen. And so here we go, by the way. Uh, it's official. The maggot House of Representatives under the, leg- under the leadership of the weaker speaker announced today that by God they're gonna they're gonna start an investigation of Joe Biden's handling of classified documents. No, really. Um, the House Judiciary Committee, headed up by Jim Jacketoff Jordan, sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. Remember yesterday we talked about the fact that, uh, well, he sort of short-circuited the House by going ahead and a, 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 a appointing that, um, that lawyer, uh, what's his name, Ben-Hur, whatever to be a special prosecutor in the case well it did it did what it was meant to do but nonetheless the committee sent that letter as noted to uh, Merrick Garland The American people deserve transparency and accountability from our most senior executive branch law enforcement officials. And they want documents from the Justice Department by January the 27th. No, really.
And I guess the source of the paranoia here is that uh, it didn't get found out. It, it, it didn't go immediately to the, uh, I don't know, Fox News or whatever, the minute that they found out about it. We want all documents and communications referring to or relating to the appointment of Robert K. Hur as special counsel, including but not limited to any memoranda regarding his appointment. He's one of you, you dipshits. All documents and communications referring to or relating to the selection of John R. Lausch, who said no thank you. All documents and communications between or among the Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation, or the Executive Office of the President referring or relating to material with classified markings found at the pen. You know what's not in here? They don't want a goddamn thing. Not a single scrap of information. About the shit ton more of sensitive documents that Nitwit Nero had squirreled away and uh, rent by the month storage buildings or his, uh, you know, tacky ass golf motel. Uh, no, they, they don't want that. And they won't mention it either. These are, they're pathetic. Including the apparently unauthorized possession of classified material at a Washington, D.C. private office and in the garage of Biden's Wilmington, Delaware residence. So I guess they want to run the investigation instead? Of course they do. Of course they do. Uh, Scott in San Diego. Jim Jordan sent a letter consisting, no doubt, of a series of letters and phrases cut from old newspapers and magazines... Old school ransom note style, right? Right! Oh, that's high quality. Hey, George. A woman called Tom Hartman today to say that that Missouri rule would be a violation of the women's Second Amendment right to bear arms. B-A-R-E arms. Damn straight. But, but then again, this is not at all surprising because... Uh, think back to the absolute paroxysms of fury that Republicans found themselves consumed by when, that's right, First Lady Michelle Obama displayed bare arms. Yeah. So here we are at the uh, top of the hour, and I've filler the uh, hour away. I'm eager for our conversation our, uh, on, on the front porch or in the old holler tree or around the extraordinary, ordinary round table. Um, let me uh, send the message. And I didn't even have to type it. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, let's check in. Uh, are you there, Sparky? Yes, I'm here. Hot diggity. Um, how, how, are thing, how are things in, in the man cave or in the not man cave? or Generally, how are things at the, at the ranch? 
No relief in sight. Yeah, I saw the I saw the picture in the uh, in the in the uh, chat there. I still got the yard or ornaments. Oh yeah. Well, they ain't moving those trucks till they drill my well. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got a shotgun that says they won't, right? No, I don't. I gave my shotgun away. But they can't work. They can't work in the rain and the mud. So, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's been. They moved those trucks in the Thursday before Christmas. Wow. They. And they've been sitting there ever since. And it's been raining every day, basically, except for yesterday. How how hard's the wind blowing? Not blowing hard yet, but the wind warnings it out for later this evening. Gusts of up to fifty-five miles an hour. Jeez, any more any any, any more things flying loose off the redwoods? No, not lately. But I'll clean it up if it does. My yard waste bins are empty for this coming week. Cross your fingers. But I, we're not getting as hit as hard as other places in the state. No, but I mean, so over on the coast, down in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Yeah, mudslides. Awful shit. Yeah. yeah. Anywhere where there's a burn scar that they didn't. Oh God! Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah, the the the, the burned areas are just going to be erosion hell. I'm sure Exxon saw this coming. <laughs> well, they, they, they apparently they did. At least that's what the documents suggest, Steve. Make an observation. Please do. Can can we? And I, this is my name here in the chat in the in the in the Skype room. Can, can we just take it as given that the Big Twelve has no business in the CFP? I'm not ready to say that. Okay. I mean, we've seen them win games in the CFP. Really? Who? Um. Let's see. Oklahoma won one a few years ago. A couple of years, three years, four years, five years, six years back. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's not like they're over. Okay. You got to remember that's my conference, Steve. 
I don't want you saying the C I don't want you saying the Big Twelve doesn't have any business in the CFP. That would mean the WVU doesn't have any business in the CFP if we ever have another miracle season and go unbeaten. Well, can you agree that the Pac-12 has no business being in there? Well, I'm not trying. You know, I'm I'm trying not to make enemies here. I understand. I understand. Although I have to say one thing, and then I'm going to shut up for a while because I'm working. I took so much pleasure in watching Jim Harbaugh choke again. <laughs> you know, you know who Paul Feldman is? I think that's his name. He's um, a big Alabama guy on. Uh, oh no 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 that uh, Paul Feinbaum. Feinbaum. Who I love, he actually said, what did he say? Something along the lines of, yeah, it's it's bowl season time. Time for Jim Harbaugh to choke. But he made it all the way to the national championship last year. Not winning the national, I mean. But if you look at his record over, over any kind of long term, he's got one of the worst records in college football of any coach against top Top 10 teams. Well, I got your note a minute ago about uh, the letter that Jim Jacketoff Jordan sent. Mm -hmm. uh, ye old perv enabler will demand documents. Garland will not give them because of the ongoing investigation. Ye old perv enabler will cry bias and the GOP will raise money off of it. That seems like, uh, that seems like a pretty astute analysis from where I stand. This is just... Yeah, but I mean, steal yourself to it, because this is the next two years. This is the next two years. And and even longer, if they hold on. Well, I blame... Um, what's that guy? Uh, who's that New York guy? Oh, the, yeah, New Sean Patrick State? Maloney. Yes. Lay this at his feet. One hopes his political career is over. Yes. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, he's been there. He's been there long enough to vest for the pension, so he should be good. He can, you know, pursue. He can pursue whatever his his longtime dream was. You know, maybe. You know, learning to. Learning, learning, learning Mongolian throat singing or. How to or, play the didgeridoo. Or to, you know, get in one of them fancy lobbying jobs talking about the uh, extolling the virtues of cigarette smoking or something like that. <laughs> ah, that's the John Boner career path. He's into marijuana now. Oh, that's right. He got uh, he got he got a, a nice uh, nice chunk of change for that. You know, in all honesty, I mean, I, I have a bit of it. Um, I mean, I he was never. It's like, and there's no virtue in him not being honest in public. But he was never a crazy maggot like this. Um, 
You know the whole world's fucked up. The whole world's fucked up right now. Without a doubt. I mean... Although it was kind of nice to see that the uh, new Japanese prime minister feels comfortable enough to refer to the president of the United States as Joe. That was a nice moment today. Well, because he probably was like, Joe, you're, you're not orange. Oh, Joe, we're really so glad you're here. Now you're so glad you're here. But the fact that Japan is remilitarizing, um, you know, they've been they've been allowed only the, their own constitution, which of course Douglas MacArthur wrote, said that they could not have offensive weaponry. Well, that you know, it's I, I'm, you know, the Biden administration's okay with it. You know, they're not they're not planning on invading man invading Manchuria, and. They're going to they're going to ramp up their military capability because, well, because of, of ongoing needling, I guess is an appropriate term, uh, by uh, by China. And let, let, let's just—I mean—that almost sounds Orwellian to me. Not allowed to have offensive weapon. What the fuck is an offensive versus a defensive weapon? Mm, I don't know. Aircraft carriers, long-range bombers. But it sort of shows the naivete of people like MacArthur in thinking in in, in thinking that you know there, there was going to be some sort of new world order that would just result in everybody being peaceful and happy. Remember, the communists took over in China in 1948 because of the manifest corruption and just outright crookedness of, of uh, Chiang Kai-shek and Madam Chang. And, 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 the, and we were in a and we were in a, clearly in a morally superior um, position to tell Japan to watch out having a military too big. Sorry, I, I just, every time I, I I hear our country lecturing anyone on offense of anything or... Well, but, that, was, but that, 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 Steve, that was because we were going to be the policemen of the world to protect everybody against the commies. Yeah, I'm, see, I know you're right. I just, I know. I just, I just get tired of it, and I can't believe I'm the only person who doesn't who gets tired of it. Well, it's it's wearisome. Well, I'm not. We're not. I'm not making money off of uh, war or potential war. So I guess, I guess if I were, I probably would have a different view. I mean, lawyers make money off a of conflict, let's be honest. Is anybody else here? Um, should be. Yeah. Okay, good. Yes. I'm here. Didn't want to I know, I just... I just... Okay. 
Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Squeaky's there. Roger's there. Um, you're there. Sparky's there. No, actually, I'm here. Okay. Okay, you are here. You're not here. You're there. That was so bad, it wasn't even worth a gunner. No, that was terrible. Okay, real quick. Who do we like in the uh, um, playoffs? Excuse me, whom? Who do you think I like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got, we got, we got, we got the Niners contingent over there. That would be um, that would be Matt and Squeaky and Sparky at least. But who, who oh, do we think? I've been, a, I've been a no, Roger, man Roger, yeah. 1957. Okay, but I mean, I, I guess I, what I what I meant was what I should have said was who, which teams do we think are going to be ultimately in the Super Bowl? I know who I think it's going to be. I think the Niners have a good shot. I frankly think you're right, Roger. I think it's actually going to be the Bengals and the Niners. But I'm not one to, uh, oh, I know the Niners are going to be there. That's that's not where I'm at. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. It's aspirational, not Anything tradition. can happen. On any given Sunday. I mean, they're facing the Seahawks tomorrow. And they've already beat yeah. them twice this year. So... Odds are they're going to beat him again, but on any given Sunday. Right, and it's hard to go. It's hard to go three. It's hard to go three and zero, especially in a single season. Unless you're going to be raining tomorrow. Are they? Are are the Niners mutters? Well, the field's covered. They didn't do very good in Chicago to start the season. According to the gurus of football San Francisco is a better mud team than Seattle is Seattle a, a dome team kinda or do they have a retractable dome no but the size of the stadium come up and the, over the field it's open oh okay okay they used to be right when uh yeah, didn't they? Yeah, have the, wasn't they, had it, the, they, they had the. Uh, the hell was that called? The kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the kingdom. I, didn't the um, the the Mariners and the Seahawks played in the same place? I'm yeah. I'm glad I'm glad Britivo's not here because I'm going to go ahead and say this. This would break his little cowboy fan heart. Um. It will not bother me in the least if the Cowboys choke at Tampa Bay. And, and honestly, Robin, as is, is much as Brady ain't what he used to be, it's hard to bet against him in the playoffs in any context. Well, I mean that's true. That's true. Uh, I think I think the I think the fish are done against the Bills. They're starting their third-string quarterback.
this is some this is some serious silence. Well, since everybody's nice and quiet, I'll uh, put out some stuff that I came up with, and and in a sense, it's a, an argument, but we won't go over the definition of argument anymore. Been playing with. Uh, income tax type stuff since everybody's talking about how much income tax people pay and all the rest of that. Your standard deduction for this next year is going to be $19,400. If you work at minimum wage, that would take you 2,676 hours to earn it. But your Social Security tax that you will have paid is $2,910, even though you haven't paid any federal income tax. But if 100% of your income comes from capital gains, the first $41,675 is taxed at zero. And it's only 15% up to $459,750. And when you combine that with the standard deduction, if your total income from non-wages is up to $61,075, you would owe zero taxes. So if you only got 3% return, you'd only need a nest egg of $2 million and change. Is that all? To give you, to give you that $61,000, um, and, of course, if you got 5% return, it would be less than a million dollars. But what's intriguing to me is people say, oh, the poor don't pay enough. What about, realistically, that first $61,075 that people get as capital gains that they don't pay any income tax on or Social Security tax? And on top of that, since I'm retired and I'm getting my income, from the state of California, which is in a sense dividend income for the money I put in the whole time I was working, that get taxed at labor rates and not capital gains rates. So just a little food for thought on how the middle class, etc., gets screwed. Isn't there supposed to be an alternative minimum tax or something? Well, that's for the higher incomes. Huh? Yeah. This is right at the bottom. This is at the very, very bottom. So, I mean, the, the person who goes to work at McDonald's, and that's their only income, does not pay income tax. But they do pay the Social Security tax. Yeah. But the person who only makes $61,000 which is not a bad living. My wife and I live on about that. Um, but they don't pay any income tax getting to $61,000 if all their income comes from dividends and interest payment. And I find that to be absolutely abhorrent that the, the 19400 I mean, I, I mean, I'm happy that the people that earn that little don't pay any income tax. 
I don't see why they should, because they're not getting anything from the government anyhow. But, but why the difference between that 19400 and the 41675 uh, for the capital gains? I mean, if we want to talk about inequality, I'm still working on trying to figure out how to write a letter and send it to AOC and Elizabeth Warren and say, hey, you know, here's another way to look at it when you're surrounded by billionaires. I mean, I know Diane Feinstein's never going to give a rat's ass about somebody that only makes $60,000 a year. Yeah, no, of course not. I mean, shit like Leona Helmsley, only the stupid people pay taxes. Anyhow, on a different subject, Robin. Yes. I've been watching, I've watched food videos, you know, out of Facebook and the rest of that. And for quite some time, I've been seeing a thermometer stuck in meat that people are barbecuing and all that. They never talk about the thermometer, but there's no cable attached to it or anything else. It's just this stainless steel probe. They put it in and they say, oh, we got to go check the meat because it's up to temperature. Yeah, no. So I finally, I finally tracked it down. Meter, I think, is the name of it. M e a t e r plus. Yeah. Run, runs a hundred dollars, but it plugs in, and it talks to your smartphone, cell phone, yeah. your smartphone. And if you park the battery charger within about thirty-five feet of your barbecue, it can tie into your Wi-Fi. So if you really wanted to put like my propane smoker. And I want to run down to the bar and watch a football game while I got a roast cooking on the smoker. I could sit down at the bar with my smartphone and check not only the temperature of the meat, but it's a dual thermometer. So it also tells you the temperature of the smoker. Now, if you like to cook different things on different smokers, you can buy a four pack that's only $350 and get four separate probes that talk and gives you the four different cook units you're working with, with the internal temperature of what you're cooking and the temperature inside the the closed cooking unit. I know. When you sell the Gulfstream 5, you'll have enough money to buy one. Yeah, well, I mean, it it sounds nice. Um, I've had the ones that have the wire coming out of it that will talk to your smartphone, but well, I got I got to be right there with the one I got with the wire and look at the display that's sitting on the table. Yeah, and those are and, and those can become those those can be a pain in the ass when it starts they raining. Are a pain in the ass. So in about two to three weeks, when I get it, I uh, get to use it. I'll be able to give you. A, Oh, it's going to be well, fun. It was, really easy to, it was really easy to hook up to my phone, or it was a pain in the ass to hook up to my phone, or it works or it doesn't work or whatever. But oh, I, I imagine nice I imagine it'll work. I just, yeah. I mean, I'm curious as far as the engine. I've, I've seen these things, and I'm curious as to the engineering, how they make it, you know, resistant, you know, re, and, and some of its physics that I don't understand. 
but just the part that ex- the part that extends beyond the meat that has the transmitter in it. Yeah, how, how does that, how does that how does that work? Well, I know, I'm simple. When you, put it, when you put it back in its stand, uh, one AAA battery will charge it up for approximately a hundred uses. So that's how it recharges. Unless you go the really fancy one, and you plug it into the USB cord, blah 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 blah. Anyhow, um, it and that piece that sticks out of the meat is supposed to be good to over 500 degrees. That's I know that's the part that kind of blows my mind. It, um, and that's usually the cutoff number for silicone too. 500 degrees. Well, I don't know, but I, I read the reviews and the rest of that. And well, it'll be fun. I hope I hope I hope you will give us a report. I'll give you a report after I use it because. I use the the smoker for our uh, big chunks of meat for family dinners, or uh, I've done a bird, and uh, I do ribs all the time in the smoker, Uh, but I don't think I'll use the thermometer on the ribs, because that's just kind of poke it with a knife and you're done, but when you get a big, nice rolled roast, it's kind of hard to do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw I saw a uh, sirloin tip, a whole sirloin tip at the grocery store the other day, and it just oh, Roger, it almost made me cry. Because well, I did. There was not going to be any buying of it, but damn, it was pretty. Did I tell the story about our four dollar and fifty cent prime rib roast for Christmas dinner? Did you? I know Tra- I know Tracy got a bargain. Well, it was like a nine and a half pound roast, nine point four six or something like yeah, that. Yeah, all the all the all the prime ribs here got bought up by some Christian dude. And apparently Patrice didn't notice it when she was at the store, but when she got home it was that I paid way too little for the groceries I was supposed to get. And it ended, instead of putting it in at nine point four eight Pounds, he keyed it in as point nine four eight pounds, and it was on a special that we got it. The prime ribs running fifteen eighteen dollars a pound, and they had a special that put it down to like nine dollars a pound, and that's what we were getting it on because we're frequent shoppers. Blah blah blah. But when he put it in as one tenth of the poundage, we of course got charged one tenth of the price that it should have been. So we had this almost ten pound roast and we got it for four dollars and fifty cents. So Christmas dinner tasted real good. Oh yeah. It I, tasted like tasted like money not spent. Yeah, and, you know, I didn't feel all that sorry for Safeway since they're part of Albertsons and soon to be part of Kroger. I figure they're a big enough corporation that I only, what, a hundredth of a cent per share of stock or something like that is all it costs them. So screw them. They can afford it. And we enjoyed the roast. 
Yummy. Did you? Oh, did you have horseradish sauce? Well, I put horseradish on it. Well, yeah. I don't make I don't make a horseradish sauce. I just have the the. I think the brand name is Beaver. Yeah. Hot, hot horseradish Beaver is the brand. Anytime I've gotten a sauce, I don't care whether it's in a restaurant or a jar at the store or anything else. It just doesn't have the fire I like from the horseradish. I mean, horseradish has to have a bite. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Uh, the reason I, I, I loved it, I love to peel and grate the root itself because uh, it's so good when it's fresh. And then I add a few other little things to it to make it to make a you know a sauce, you know, or you know, like not like a cooking sauce, but a dipping sauce. Um, well, I've thought about trying to grow horseradish. I forget what it is exactly, but it's just like I, I've just decided it's not worth growing. Um, whether it takes too much space or, or I forget exactly what it was, but at some point I decided that uh, I'll just go to the store and buy it because I really do like that beaver brand. I've never seen it. Well, it could be one of those things like Best Foods and Heilman's. It's the same company that makes it. It's just a label on different sides of the Mississippi River. Yeah, uh, there's a, but then again, it's it's a mayonnaise that Reese's, not not like the peanut butter cups, but Reese's. Uh, they make a a, a mayonnaise horseradish sauce. Surprisingly, um, honey ba- uh, yeah, honey baked ham has a really good mayonnaise mayonnaise based horseradish sauce. It'll take your breath away. Well, this beaver brand will warm you right up if you put too much on. And actually, Flavio and I were engaged in a little bit of a dialogue. Um, just earlier, because we were talking about mustard, and he said, what's the name of that mustard that comes from the Chinese restaurant? And I said, that's called mustard. Because it's just, you know so-called Chinese mustard, but Chinese mustard like you get in the restaurant is literally just mustard powder and water. You know, what we recognize as so-called European or Western-style mustard has other things added to it like, you know, turmeric, um, white wine vinegar, beer, honey. I'm, I'm particularly fond of the German sweet hot mustard. Oh, love that stuff. Especially on cold cuts. Veriston and the like. Yeah, but uh, I keep a can of the Coleman's powdered mustard right in the cupboard. And if we're going to have one of the sausage and sauerkraut dinners, I take a shot glass, put a couple of teaspoons of the powdered mustard in the, in the shot glass, and make it with wine vinegar uh, an hour or two before dinner and put it in the fridge and let it thoroughly soak up because that mustard does take a little while to soak up all the moisture and then add a little bit more wine vinegar to get it to the right consistency when I take it out and I use that because I cannot stand the, the standard hot dog mustard I mean, that's oh the plain yellow. yellow no the, the French's no that's just gross yeah it's, it's terrible um, but you mentioned Kroger's and Ralph's and all of that stuff They've got that private selection brand, and their private selection Dijon 
is uh, it's equal to the task against any other. But like I'm I'm so old I can remember uh, way back in the day when uh, you'd get like frozen egg rolls by La Choy and they had a jingle on TV La Choy makes Chinese food sing American or something like that and you'd pull out the frozen egg rolls that you had to heat up in the oven and it had a little packet basically of mustard powder and it said you know mix with warm water and you know that shit would blow out your sinuses and those of your neighbor because it's just mustard because and you know that's just the same thing Roger and and go down this road it's an old hillbilly thing uh, country thing really you know somebody would get sick well what they need is a mustard plaster has anybody ever tried to put a mustard plaster on you Roger no you would beat their ass as soon as you got well. It doesn't. It does. It doesn't. It doesn't just burn in your sinuses or your nostrils or your mouth or your. T- it, it'll. It'll light you up when they when they slap that sucker on your chest to get you. What we got to do is get his pores to open up so he can breathe better. Oh, by the way, going back to uh, Japan's remilitarization. Uh, yeah, George says, how's Japan supposed to fight off Mothra and Godzilla and so forth? Well, that's why they were allowed defensive weaponry. You never know when Mothra is going to show up and tear down your electrical infrastructure. And Oh, no, there goes Tokyo. Go, go, Godzilla. Well, is the reason that uh, the good, God-fearing United States police of the world is allowing Japan to uh, armor up some, is worried about China, and the U.S. might need some help from Japan to defend Taiwan. Well, that's part of it. You know, the tensions in the, 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 tensions in the, in the China Straits and the Taiwan, uh, uh, what is it, the, the South China Sea? The Taiwan Straits, South China Sea, yeah. Are, are Matsu and Kui Moi still uh, territory of Taiwan? Not sure. that we uh, uh, Horst could be helpful in that regard, but of course he doesn't listen live. Because uh, I, when I was a kid, I can remember all the problems of Matsu and Kui Moi. Uh, let me do a quick ask Google. Um, uh, got too many windows open. Um, Hey y'all, please talk amongst yourselves. I gotta, I gotta take this call. There's some, there's a thing going on. Sorry, stand by. Please talk. No dead air. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm looking up your uh, list of islands, uh, jurisdiction, da 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 da. Art class. Oh shit, this is gonna take too long to read. I'm not getting my. Uh, Matsu Islands. 
apparently they're still part of Taiwan, which is uh, one of the things I would have been worried about. So, who else is in here that can... Uh, Well, uh, I had, uh, you had brought up income tax. I had a, uh, there's uh, some guys been babbling uh, about wanting to get rid of the income tax in Louisiana. So uh, I was uh, wondering, like, you know, if anybody, like, you know, from Texas or, or any any of the other states that don't have them, you know what what the what happens, you know, when that occurs. I mean, what the hell are they gonna, um, you know, how are they gonna raise any revenue to do? High high property taxes, sales taxes, property taxes. Sales taxes become a big part of it. Well, those okay. So sales taxes would be like regressive. I don't I don't know about the property tax. Um, I mean, I guess that's kind of that's our... Well, property taxes are a really bad way to do it in one sense, and that is there is no landlord that ever pays property taxes. They might write the check, but the landlord includes what they're going to pay in property taxes as part of the rent on their apartment or when they rent out a house. And so you get the situation here where people who cannot afford to buy a house are still paying a hell of a lot of property tax. And the landlord is, again, using the tenant to not only make the mortgage payment and give them something for owning the apartment complex, but they also pay all the property taxes. Um, and the other one that gets done is on sales taxes. And where I was saying that, that here now the standard deduction is $19,000 for federal, that would probably remain. But the minimum wage person who doesn't pay any income tax on that first $19,000, if they shift over to a sales tax – they're going to be paying a lot of tax money out of that $19,000 that they don't pay today. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this, this state is, uh, you know, it, it's just, a, uh, you know, between the legislature and these little, you know, I don't know, think tanks or lobbying firms or whatever you call it, you know, they just, uh, Basically, you know, everything is for business and they just want, you know, uh, just desperate labor, you know. And so, the, you know, the guy's saying he might just be, you know, putting this out because he wants attention because he wants to run for governor or something. But it's still, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure it's something that they would want to do if they could get it passed, you know. And it's just... Uh, you know, it's all 
for business, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, they want to cut, 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 you know, the budgets and, uh, you know, I, it's just, you know, downward, you know, more downward, you know. Well, Oregon does not have a sales tax, but they do have an income tax. But in Washington, they have, do not have an income tax, but they've got a sales tax. So people that live like in Vancouver, Washington, which is right across the river from Portland, will drive over to Portland and go to Home Depot or Lowe's or other places like that for buying an item in the no sales tax state of Oregon. And people in far northern California do the same thing. The Home Depot in Crescent City has a hard time uh, selling because Crescent City is close enough to Oregon and people for major purchases will go up to Oregon to buy without sales tax and then bring it back into California, which is technically illegal, but there's nobody around to enforce the law. Yeah. Um, so it, one way or another, the people are going to pay taxes. And no matter how they're collected, there's a group of people who tend to wear red hats that feel that there is always too much taxes paid and they pay too much and everybody else pays too little. But and when the red hat crowd cuts taxes, they always cut them on the rich and not on the, not on the poor. And the poor keep thinking they're being screwed over, so they vote for the R's to cut the taxes some more. Yeah. And they get screwed over some more. So it's a... Well, I, you know, I don't have an article... Uh, you know, I just, it was just like, I don't know, I think local news ran a clip, you know, and so this guy was saying, well, you know, uh, all, you know, we want to have, you know, the good stuff that the other states with no income tax have, and all these people, you know, move here, and, all, you know, he, he has lists like three or four or five things that I, you know, would, if I could remember them, I'd you want to question them, you know, whether they made sense at all, you know, or whether it was typical BS, you know. Um, it, it's BS because every state has some things they have to fund. I mean, they've got to keep the roads open. Yeah. Uh, they've got to keep the schools open, although some of them are funded so poorly that they may as well be closed. Um, and they got to get enough money to pay the cops. they got to get enough money to pay the legislators and, the rest of that kind of stuff. So the money's coming from somewhere and it's just who's getting jerked on paying it. Um, and if they go to the consumption tax, which is what they like to call the, the sales tax, um, it, that is a regressive tax because the people at the very bottom spend virtually a hundred percent of their disposable income post housing on items to live. And the people that have more money or who are able to uh, invest into a 401k or something of that sort, that's money they're earning that isn't getting taxed. And unless they put the same sales tax on instruments of investment and charge the same sales tax as they do on the candy bar, um, it, it becomes the poor get to pay more and the rich get to pay less. Now, dollar-wise, the rich pay more, but as a percentage of their income, yeah, they pay less. Yeah, 
and and sales tax is kind of if you're rich enough, that's just down in the noise. You know, it's, it doesn't even matter. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, like or a, you know some percentage hike in the sales tax or something. That doesn't, you know, that's nothing. <laughs> but but we're um you know I I I'd have to look, but uh you know it's mostly oil and gas. I mean that's you know. Well, but then you got to watch out on the way they put the sales tax on the gasoline. In yeah. California, up until either the 70s or the 80s, uh, there was no sales tax on gasoline. Uh, now, there were the federal highway taxes and state highway taxes, but as a sales tax, it didn't have it. And then somebody got the bright idea that they should put a sales tax on gasoline. Except they didn't just do it on the price of the gasoline. They apply the sales tax to the price that it was before the sales tax, which is, includes the state and federal road use taxes. So now you get to pay sales tax on the money that you're paying for the road use taxes. You're not just paying it on the gasoline. You're paying it on the price the price it would be if there wasn't a sales tax, then plus the sales tax. So you get to pay a tax on a tax, right. which I've always felt was kind of screwed up. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. That was that was absolutely – there was no way that I couldn't take that. So it's just a thing. Uh, but I, 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 am, I am back. On tax, paying taxes on taxes – is a particularly egregious form of regressive taxation. Yeah. Well, this okay. Is... You're back, Robin. Go for it. No, hey. no. Uh, I was going to point out. I got a note from Darlene in Connecticut a little bit ago uh, when we were talking about the rearmament of Japan. Um, Darlene pointed out, "Don't forget North Korea. They've made some threatening maneuvers lately. In the last year, they've shot a. You know, they like to. They like to." shoot missiles in the general de de direction of Japan and uh, I mean it's 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 hotter over there than I think most people most of us think about on any given day well particularly with North Korea they love shooting them out just far enough to get the United States a little bit nervous because they could hit the entire west coast of the United States as well as Guam and Hawaii Yeah, because again, but that's that's North Korea's gig. They do that, and then theoretically, we talk to them some more. God, it's I don't know. It's like having somebody who you know likes you and, and shows you they like you by coming through and coming along and throwing a brick through your window. Now will you, you date remember, me? You remember the last guy was in love with North Korea? Oh yeah. Except for the fact that he wanted to nuke him and blame somebody else. Well. So. You know, and, and meanwhile, Pootie's got himself a new general. Because, you know, meet the new general, same as the old general. 
Well, Peru's having a lot of fun right now. Yeah, they are, and of course, you know, look at look who they're, look who they're ousting. You mean the president that got ousted? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a very low percentage of the people in a pop in populated areas, i.e., Lima and Arequipa, voted for him. Uh, the his power came from the hinterlands, and the highest concentration of people in the hinterlands is in the state of Puno, which is Puno, Juliaca, and uh, it's sort of the same thing up through Cusco, which is a very heavily indigenous population. And the people in Lima didn't like the president, so since the head of states in Lima, they kind of kicked him out, although he made some mistakes. And now it's the people in the hinterlands uh, that are pissed off at the vice president. And that's where, the, from what I've been able to figure out, that's where the fighting is. Uh, they've closed down the airport in Cusco. They've closed the airport in Juliaca, which also serves Puna, Puno which is on the shores of Lake Titicaca, which is in southern eastern, uh, right up next to Bolivia, uh, parts of Peru. Very subsistence farmer style, except for Cusco, which is a tourist town. Uh, anyhow, I was reading a, a bunch of it, looking at videos today. And the one thing about the, the Peruvian uh, indigenous peoples they are, for the most part, very self-sufficient when it comes to subsistence farming. And so if they screw up the highways and the rest of that kind of stuff, uh, they're sticking it to the rich folks. And the poor folks in Peru don't mind st sticking it to the rich folks. And it's a bizarre political situation. I mean, I only lived there for a year and been back multiple times with my wife because her family is there. But her family, you know, her, all her cousins and all that, come from the uh, <clears throat> distinctly upper middle class uh, sector of the, the economy. Whereas when I was living down there, I was living in a village that had no running water and no electricity and the market came to town on Sunday and you bought what you needed for the week or you went without. So definitely different, very different strata of, uh, of people. I mean, we think we've got rich and poor here. Um, it's nothing compared to the rich and poor of uh, Lima and, and Peru in general. Well, as usual, yeah, the, 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 the rural areas are wildly different from the from the urban population centers, and they have they they have they, they have they have different needs, and quite often they are largely ignored when they're not being openly abused. And in your urban population centers, there are districts within those urban population centers that are in abject poverty uh, and 
uh, areas around that are in abject poverty. But when you're down there as a tourist, other than uh, the little lady selling chewing gum on the street and uh, just young kids that want to wash your windshield with a dry rag every time you stop at a stoplight, um, you basically are totally insulated from the poverty. Now, you see it, but you really don't see it. You know, it's, yeah, they're there, but I, I walk into this nice store and I don't see it. You walk into the bank, you don't see it. You walk into a restaurant, you don't see it. And if you're uh, staying in a tourist hotel, you don't see it at all. Uh, you take a, a bus from the airport and yeah, you see some crap on the street and that kind of stuff, but you're on a bus that just drives right through and all of a sudden you pull up and you get out of the fancy hotel, you go in and there's a bellboy to take your luggage and the bar's there and they tell you, well, you better, you know, you can go out on the street in front of the hotel, but don't walk around the block in the backside because that's not a good part of town over there. And uh, you get in the bus and you go to uh, JFK Park and look at the sign about the kittens and cats at JFK Park and eat the at the restaurant. Yeah, I, you know, I, I always, I always wanted to, I always wanted to go there and see it. I especially wanted to see Cusco, and you know, I know Machu Picchu has been turned into, you know, a World Heritage Disneyland. Um, but you know, places like, I, I guess this is in Bolivia, Sacsayhuaman. I've, I was educated. Sacsayhuaman is still in Peru. Is it still in Peru? Okay. It's on the border. It's on the border. No, Sacsayhuaman's in Cusco. Uh, Tiwanaku. Yeah, Tiwanaku. Yeah. All those things. Tiwanaku is in Peru, but on the border with Bolivia. By the way, George pointed out a little bit ago, South Korea is talking about arming up with nukes because of the North threats, and I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're probably going to let that happen. We've already got their backs on, you know, the nuclear question. We don't need a num, we don't need another, we don't need another guest in that in that toxic neighborhood. Um, what is this? Uh, I just got a note from Dave Number Eleven. Uh, he said, uh, uh, Dave said, uh, Roger will uh, enjoy the white blob we call honeydew. It's, you know, with the, the, the band of the weather going through. It looks like it's just parked right over Dave number 11 back in your beloved Humboldt. Uh, that's That white blob is 30... Uh, Total precipitation, 18 days, December 26th to January 12th, 30 inches or more. Jesus. Oh, 30, uh, total precipitation, percent water, year normal. That looks unpleasant, Dave. Well, there was a few years ago when I was still living down in Humboldt where we had an inch an hour for six hours. And there wasn't a ditch alongside the road that wasn't overflowing onto the road everywhere. The uh, uh, 
transfer, you know, garbage transfer station just down the, the street from where I was living. They've got the, the metal bins that the big truck comes in with the forks on the front pickup, take over the cab dump, and then set back down. They had those floating across the main drag of the town because the water came up so fast. But their storage yard, where the extra bins were, just floated them out and through the open gate and across the street they went. Wow. Just bobbing along. Yeah. I mean, are there, are, are there people, you know, you were, you, you know, you're a long timer and um, Sparky and Matt, you know, are there, are there like people who, in their 90s who can say, oh yeah, I remember the last time this happened. Or is this is well, is this, is this something that's really strange and new and different? I'm one of those people. I remember the flood in Humboldt County of 1955. I remember the flood in Humboldt County of 1964. Uh, the people that are down there now think it was bad in 2019. That wasn't bad at all in 2019 compared to 64, and 64 was nothing compared to 55. Um, yeah, there's a whole. And were lot those of all? Were those all? Uh, what uh, La, are those? Are we talking about a La Nina? Are those La Nina years or? Well, both the 55 and 64 floods in Humboldt County were caused by a very cold early winter which put a lot of snow up in the hills. And then a storm like is coming through right now, we used to call them a Pineapple Express uh, because it was warm rain coming from Hawaii, basically. And it came in with the warm rain, and it was a storm like they're having now for a week, uh, 10 days. But the uh, difference was that when it went up into the hills, it didn't turn to snow. It stayed as rain. So it melted off like four storms worth of stored water in 24 hours. And the rivers up there in the north, northern western corner of California can handle lots of extra water for storms like we're having right now. Um, but when you add three or four previous storms to that, they simply can't handle it. Yeah, and Dave number 11 just sent me a link to the Christmas flood of 1964. That was the one where I made it home on the last Greyhound bus that made it up from San Francisco to Eureka. And I think it was over a month, might have been a little bit longer than a month before Highway 101 got reopened because they had to rebuild ungodly number of bridges. Well, this was said, according to what I'm looking at here, this was considered a 100-year flood, the worst flood in recorded history on nearly every major stream and river in coastal northern California, and one of the worst to affect the Willamette River in Oregon. 
is this going to is, is this going to turn out to be worse than that? Is it already? Not here in Oregon by a long shot, and not in Humboldt County either. Uh, the rivers that are flooding right now, to the best of what I've been able to come up with, is in the central, what I consider central, which is like San Francisco, Sacramento, and south. A lot of people call that Sacramento area in San Francisco, Northern California, but I'm provincial. It's That's central. Um, but like Santa Cruz is getting nailed, which is south of San Francisco. Uh the Malibu area, the L.A. Valley, the uh, hills east and south of uh, Sacramento are getting hammered really hard. I don't yeah. know, Sparky, are, are, are your rivers right. flying up? We've, we've had flooding here around us. I, I'm on the side of a hill. And you're where? Placerville. Placerville, okay. Duncan, Ro check in. Route 49 has been flooded south of here and up near Auburn. Well, that's sort of the area I'm talking about, east of Sacramento. But, and then... I don't know. Death Valley get a hell of a lot of rain because I know they got some last year that made a beautiful wildflower show this year. And I know the L.A. Rivers has done some stuff. And then there's that uh, ritzy area, Calabasas or something. The Santa sort Barbara's, of L.A. Santa Barbara's flooded. Yeah, Santa Barbara. I'll tell you what. Oh, wait. Time out. Santa Barbara's flooded. Can I ask a question? Is there any chance that... Uh... That greasy-headed old B-movie actor that got upstaged by a chimp, old 666 himself, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Any chance of him being floated out to sea? Well, I'm not sure where his uh, pine box is. Well, a girl can dream. I think yeah, things got uh, hammered yesterday. Yeah, uh, Steve, and, and by the way, uh, love, glad to hear you in the conversation. Uh, yeah, I had to charge my headset, Robin. It's been on my head since 7 a.m., and it died, man. Well, I understand. And that after you've had it on your head that long, Steve, it feels yeah, like... you need a break. <laughs> oh, it feels like a freaking vice. It feels like your head's like a pimple, and it's about ready to pop, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, it uh, got really bad, Robin. And, and I have a theory that... Beings I live in the spine of the Appalachian Mountains, where it goes from Georgia to Maine. Yeah. That, that somewhat protects me. You know, the air is more stable. Because I look at the news, and everybody all around me is just—it's weather woes, man. I mean, you feel your. Yeah. Why does God? Why does God hate Baptist churches? I mean. In trailer parks. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, no. I will not make any trailer jokes because I would give anything to have a. Nice little double wide on another part of this acre. I would just Man, I love to. Trailer. Oh, I miss it. I miss the every time the, the month when the mortgage payment rolls in. I miss my trailer. I had one in the eighties. They make they make these little nice. they make these little you know they're either man caves or she sheds she shed in my yeah. case. Uh, I had a fireplace and everything. I loved it. No, oh, I'd love it. Wouldn't have it. Yeah. Though, you know? Oh no, I uh, gotta have a house. I would love to, you know. 
I would I would love to have you know it doesn't have to be huge just you know but I'd love to put one over on and you know leave Ferg and 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 my daughter-in-law and the babies you know here and go over and live and yeah, oh, but but what I was saying is they you know they they have these ready-made buildings they're they're sheesh and they've even got porches on the front of them, and then you come in and configure them on the inside however you want. That would be nice. Yes. Oh, there I will. You'll never hear me casting aspersions on a trailer. I lived in one for over ten years, and they were. But I mean, it, you know that, that life, you, know? Uh, you know that storm that storm carved a path right through smack dab the middle. Of, you know, starting in Otago County, through blew the living bejesus out of Selma, um, and then kept on going. You know, oh, and did Georgia get hammered as bad? Oh, we got hit hard, Robin. Hard. I mean. For the whole news last night, from 11 to midnight, all they did was cover destruction. And I was kind of taken back because, you know, my lights didn't even flicker. I guess I just got lucky. Who knows? Well, that's another story I ran across today. Uh, Apparently, the grid operator for a lot of my area, and it's like 13 states, are facing something on the order of up to like 2 or 3 or $4 billion in fines. For the for for improper maintenance of the grid and the fact that it went down during the great big Christmas Eve freeze, when we found out that negative that minus four on your phone looks like somebody taking a shit. <laughs> I, um, I mean, it's, it's, it, no, I didn't come up with it. I I, I can't. But, okay. but God, it does. A, a friend of mine posted that. And it was like. And, and we were we were all just miserable and cold and, but for all those power losses, yeah. You know, without electricity, if you're in an establishment that's fully electric, like I am, I mean, I can't even turn on the sink without electricity. You gotta have a bug out plan. But mine is, I go to the Holiday Inn. I got a zillion Holiday Inn points, so. Yeah, that's. I, I, yeah. I don't stay here, you know. Can't man. No, no. And by the way, uh, uh, going back to uh, Ray Gun floating out to sea. Uh, hey, Brandon. Uh, Brandon says, I think Ray Gun's coffin would best be described as being flushed out by the floods, as in turds down the tube to hell. Oh, one can hope. Yes, one can, Brandon. Peace, lady. Peace, Brandon. Thank you. And uh, Tom and Sonny San Rafael said, We get a winter like this every 20 or 30 years. Some locations get it worse than others. I'm one of those people, too. Hey, Tom. Um, so I'm, I'm just you know, and And it has to end before anything can really be fully assessed as to how it stacks up uh, relative to other events. But the thing is, that was a 100-year flood in 1964, and yet they're happening a lot quicker than every hundred years now. Right. And can, I, my, can I say... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead, Steve. I, I had heard from you all night. Come on in, man. I was going to say, can I say something about that? I was going to say, yeah, well, that's uh, just like your opinion, man. And there's a reason I say that is because this is the weekend for Dudathon that I, I'm not I'm not there again this year. So. Well, it's funny you would mention Dudathon and, and make a... Because... 
I was on my way home and I was listening to National Petroleum Radio. And they had a story. And I love stories like this. Uh, they had a story about the crisis in bowling. I've enjoyed many a happy hour on the lanes. And I don't know if y'all have heard this. Who has it? The crisis in bowling? No, I mean... Oh, who hasn't it? Yeah. Bowling alley. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. So... I tell you how many one-eyed nights I've had at the bowling alley, but go ahead. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> I can't tell you how many one-eyed nights I've... Is that where you hold the bowling and bowling ball up and there's two of them and then you got to close one eye and... Right, to see the correct lane. You yeah. So you don't... <laughs> yeah, so you roll it instead of, instead of shot-putting it. Um, is, is, is that more of an East Coast phenomenon, or is that um, across the states? I, I love bowling. No, bowling is, is an American phenomenon. But here's the, here's the thing. There is a crisis in bowling. And people are getting really upset about it. And, and there's a cultural tie-in to it, too. Um, bowling alleys are finding it more and more difficult to find technicians to maintain the automated systems that do the the pin resets. You know, long, long ago, there was a little kid who sat back there and set the pins into the thing and set it down. Right. Oh, yeah. In the 50s, yeah. And then they came up with the machine and the arm sweeps the, you know, the arm sweeps the pins back and then they go into the frame and then the thing lowers and sets the pins down and pulls back up. Well, the people who repair that are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer because it's not exactly a growth area. And that makes sense. And they're expensive to fix when they go down. Which reminds me, I stopped in the little place where I get oh, it's a good cup of coffee. My God, it's a good cup of coffee. And the guys, the the the, the proprietor is a dear friend of mine. And I popped in, and the and the young woman who was uh, working there said, Robin, I said, what? She said, the espresso machine's down. I said, no. And so they got to have a thing to fix, you know, they, and, and, and I said, you know, she said, well, the part came today, but he's out of town. Said, no, 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 no. But yeah, because he, he has these wonderful decaf beans. And Steve, I know you're decaf now. Are you still decaf? Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 The, the, his, yeah. The decaf beans. I'm hypersensitive to caffeine. Yeah. So the like, decaf beans he has are just like regular coffee. They've got a whiny, fruity quality to it. And when you and, and when you get a latte with the and, and you have them make it with ha- do the, with the half and half and the foam, it's just rich and beautiful and delicious. And it was like, oh no. And I said, well, is he going to try to fix it himself or is he going to call the guy? Because I was thinking of you, and she said, "I hope he calls the guy because he's out of town." Um. So the, the, anyway, I was I was just emotionally crushed. But anyway, the same thing is happening in bowling alleys when the when the mechanical arm thing armature put the pin pin reset when it goes down, it's hard to find anybody to fix it. So they've come up with a fix. And basically what it boils down to is the pins now 
in this new system have strings attached to them. You know how heavy a bowling pin is, so it's actually a cord. Uh, yeah. What are they, about 14 pounds? Yeah, and days. so the cords yeah. just pick them up and reset. But bowlers are saying, no, 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 bullshit. Foul. This, this, right, this, this ruins it, everything. Because the pins. Left right split. I mean, it's not going to. That string. Yeah, you get. Well, they had a bowling expert on who said you get some really weird splits out of this system because the pins are not fully independent and they're affected by the presence of the cord into the top of them. Earl Anthony's rolling over in his grave. Yeah, and in fact, they did a study (laughs) with a robotic bowler, the Pro Bowlers Association or whatever, with a robotic bowler who's. Name, Steve, incidentally, is Earl. (laughs) And they found out statistically that this completely affects the game. And you know what the first thing I thought of? Because I used to love to throw darts. I was in a league in Atlanta when I was younger. And and the first thing I thought of was when those obnoxious, hateful, bullshit, hate them, despise them, heat of a million suns, those, you know... The electronic dart games with the plastic the tip, ones? yeah, with oh, the plastic yeah. tip darts. Oh, bullshit! Right, it just it just ruined the game. And so you, you I've got a real authentic dart set in the man cave. Oh yeah, it, with the good horsehair board and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, you can pay I inherited a, it from my a pretty dad. penny for a, a good set of darts. Go ahead, Duncan. I haven't heard from you all evening. Go ahead. Well, I bought the darts at Big Five. We had the board. Nice. Yeah, the, um, I used to have the best darts. It used to be. I don't know if it still is, but the best darts you could buy were hammerheads. Because yeah, they, they they had a, cheap no, and they had and you know various weights and everything, um, but they had those spring loaded those spring loaded points, so that they would give a little bit when they hit the wire. All that. Yep, yep, yep. And you had less flybacks and less failure to stick. Because there's nothing worse than hitting the double bull and a little bit of wire and having it fall harmlessly to the floor. Now, Robin, let me take you in the Wayback Machine. Did you ever do any duck pins? I have never done that. Well, or or what they call up, it, up east, they, uh, what is it, candle pin bowling? Those yeah, little skinny one, pins? Yep. Duck pins is with, it's like a softball-sized bowling ball. Yeah, same and thing with yeah. candle pin bowling. It's, it, you, can, yep. you, can hold it in, you can hold it in the palm of your hand. And it's more difficult than regular bowling, but it's not as, as bad on your back or, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like if, yeah, it's, if it's kind of it's kind of like if bowl if if bowling and bocce had a baby. <laughs> Go ahead, Duncan. I'm not interrupting. Years ago, beer can bowling. The sidewalk goes out to the man cave, and we used a croquet ball. Oh, croquet was fun too. That's a fun game. So many fun games that electronics is just stomped all over, and we don't even think about that much anymore. But I love croquet. Badminton? Badminton, yeah. Still an Olympic sport, by the way. Badminton. Well, 
we were talking about this in the chat room the other night. I don't understand why softball isn't an Olympic sport. I don't know who, what bright mind said, let's just scratch this. Because that, that was an epic game, you know. Cat Osterman, she was the bomb, man. Yeah. I had something to do with uh, the history of sexism in the Olympics. Hard ball for the men and softball for the women, and we want to see the real game. Yeah, but anybody who's ever watched a a, a, a um, woman who fast pitches softball strike, oh my, you know God. those barns those barnstorming games where they you know strike out the you know oh, those, major those you know major league heavy hitters. Yeah, those ladies, I have nothing but mad respect for. I mean, it was exciting to watch, more exciting than a, just a regular baseball game because it was more fast paced. And for the life of me, I don't understand why they did away with it. Well, I mean, it's still out there. I mean, it, it, I mean, on a, not on an Olympic level, but you know, right, right. probably because it's hard to get in, hard to get interest in the wider world. In the collegiate levels, uh, women's softball is a is a thing. Oh hell yeah! Put it back in the Olympics. You know, I don't know how yeah. we go about doing that, but it needs to be back. Uh, I got it. Uh, and by the way, we are. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Sparky. When it goes back to L.A. in, what is it, 2028 or something? Yeah, maybe a dem- – and that's – I think that's what it was to begin with, Steve. Was a, it was a demonstration sport. I see. So it was just kind of like something they were – Yeah, let's see if anybody's interested. Yeah. Damn sure caught my eye. I love to watch it whenever it comes up on the sports channels. Oh, the ESPN uh, soft, college softball World Series is fun. It's a blast to watch. And you're right, yeah. it moves a hell of a lot faster than baseball does. Right. Right. And if you try to hit one of those fast pitch softballs, <laughs> good luck, man. Yeah. Um, Ralph's just pointed out my niece is the softball coach for Dartmouth. Holy cow! No kidding. That's awesome. So, Ralphs is familiar with Cat Osterman. Then I mean, she's iconic in the game. Oh, and uh, yeah. we are we are into the third hour of the program. We still got four hundred dollars uh, to fundraise. And speaking of Cat, Cat in Ohio just jumped in and said, "I want to place a seventy-five dollar women's dress code challenge." The Missouri Legislature, where old white men wants those ar- those arms covered. <sighs> Thank you, Cat. That's awesome. So that would uh, get us down to. Um, 400, $250 to go to finish the week. Uh, if somebody will match up, or some somebodies will match up $75, uh, Cat will double it, and we'll be down to $250 to go. That'll be amazing. Thank you, Cat. Thank you so much. And I'm glad that story resonated with somebody. Uh, because I read, I read that, and it just, it just crawled all over me. It's 2023. It, we are in the we are in the early years, almost to the halfway point of the third decade of the 21st century, and there's a bunch of pasty-faced, doughy, freaked-out old white men out there worrying that you know worrying about a woman's arms. Now, what is this? The Victorian era? You know where? Who did? Joy Reid. Oh yeah. On MSNBC. Yeah. I happened to turn around and see it. 
Well, Robin, I know my donations have been far and few between, and I do apologize. Don't don't that. don't you dare! Don't anybody but, ever apologize. Well, well, here's the deal, man. Tuesday, Karen and I took the day off. And we put pen to paper to our credit card debt, and I'm not even going to tell you what it is because you'd be ashamed of. No, I wouldn't. You, the the blood would probably drain out of my face, but I damn sure understand. <laughs> but that was standing. I, I want to. Um, I'm going to put forth twenty five to the seventy five dollar challenge. Well, that's awesome because uh, Jeremy jumped in, and you and Miss Karen jumped in, yep. and Ralph's jumped in. So let's see. Um, we're only twenty dollars away from meat and catch challenge. That's awesome. And that'll get us down to, you know, we are, uh, uh, if we get uh, $20 more, we'll only be $250 from done for the week, and we'll just start fresh on Monday, which is amazing and goes a long way toward helping me save my freaking car. I'm going to mute for a second so I can send this your way. Uh, Stand by, okay? Okay. Um, That is the major worry right now. Hammered, and not in a good way. That's oh oh oh. Here's a fun one. I, I wanted to make sure we got to this. Uh, you know how the Republicans are, and, and you know Nitwit Nero, voter fraud, voter fraud. There's voter fraud all over America. I I should be president now because of the voter fraud. Well, there's only one problem. Um, over in Iowa, um, a Republican ran for Congress in 2020, a man named Jeremy Taylor. Uh, and his wife is Kim Fong Taylor. And the federal government just released an 11-page indictment Kim Fong Taylor visited numerous households within the Vietnamese community in Woodbury County, Iowa. She collected absentee ballots for people who weren't present at the time. She then filled out and cast those ballots herself, according to the indictment. Quote, causing the casting of votes in the names of residents who had no knowledge of and had not consented to the casting of their ballots. She also stands accused of having signed voter registration forms on behalf of residents who weren't present. She engaged in 26 counts of providing false information in voting, three counts of fraudulent registration, 23 counts of fraudulent voting. And every charge carries a maximum five-year prison sentence. Sentence her consecutively. We've got to do something about this Republican voting fraud epidemic in America. Uh, this is the guy who ran in the primary against uh, uh, Steve Cantaloupe's King. God, we haven't heard from, that haven't mentioned him in a while. Uh, remember Steve Cantaloupe's King, the white supremacist? Um, well, Jeremy Taylor only got 6,400 vo- votes in that uh, primary, so he obviously <laughs> needed every vote that his wife Kim could stuff in the ballot box. Everything with these freaks is either confession or projection. Well, since we've shifted over to elections that uh, 
person whose name we're not sure of from uh, New York State who uh, got the idea that 142,000 people voted for him. Since each congressional district encompasses approximately 750,000 voters, and assuming only half of those are eligible to vote because of age and that kind of thing, that means that it would take 375,000 people that could have voted, 142,000 is clearly less than half of that. Uh, how come Kever says, well, the people in New York voted him in? Because Kevers needs the vote. Facts don't matter. Steve, well, you're exactly right. And Roger knows that's that. The He's point smart. I, I know it was, it was basically rhetorical. Right. I mean, he would go from four to three because that district will probably flip Democrat, and it's going to make uh, Okevo's life that much harder, you know? I don't know. If, I'm if, quite sure a couple of those New York districts are going to go back to being Democrat because people are going to wake up and go, well, fuck, I thought it was going to be Democrat anyhow, so I didn't vote. But damn it, I'm going to vote next time. I don't know where he's going to go because the GOP, the Nassau County GOP, I don't know if you saw the story, told him they don't, he's not welcome at the headquarters. And, yeah. and Brazil, Brazil wants to throw him back in. He's uh, got a case out against him, don't they, Steve? They uh, reopened one. Yeah. It was a They've test. reopened it. And, yeah, well, the yeah. thing is, he confessed, uh, George Santos did, if that really is his name. Uh, he confessed, and the only reason they kind of walked away from the prosecution is well they couldn't find him yeah they couldn't find him now they can <laughs> and I did a little bit of research and yes he could be arrested and yes the United States could extradite him it just can't he can't be arrested on his way to or from a meeting of Congress or while he is engaged in congressional activities but if he were to walk out to go have dinner at the local Chinese takeout joint uh, in D.C. somewhere, and he's not engaged in any kind of political activity relating to his congressional duties, from what I read, he could have the cusp put on him and be hauled off. Sure. Yeah, but Congress he can't could be get from Congress unless there's two thirds that flip on him. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, James Trafficant served, didn't he? Um, serve from jail. He's a Democrat. For at least, yeah, he for a, yeah, Ohio. He ran from jail. He yeah. ran from jail. It's, it's very difficult to get rid of these people. And Kevo said, "I'm not getting rid of him because he's that shameless, and he knows he needs that vote." Well, he's he's only got a four vote margin. Right. Well, that would take it down to three. Yes, it would. <laughs> Uh, even his own district has renounced him and said, hey, you got to resign. And now a lot of House members on the right are saying he's got to go. I don't know what old Kevo is going to do. He's probably going to stand his ground. That's usually what these maggots do. Well, we know that the hardcore mega crowd consists of about 20 Republicans in the House of Representatives. Are there not even 20 or 10 uh, Republicans that come from something of a uh, Democratic-type district who are going to be really worried about their seat if they don't 
start becoming realistic in their voting and, and end up with a block of about 20 that would fight Kevers from the other side and put him in a real squeeze? But or am the, I just wishful thinking? Uh, I, hate, I hate to say it, but you're in, that's not how maggot politics work, Roger. Mm-mm. No, they're going to follow Kevo. Whatever says. 100% of the Republicans, no matter whether they're MAGAs or not, are still going to follow Kevin, which is, to me, I mean, I can understand how the Democrats held tight with the 200 for the speaker vote every single time. And Nancy had a really good hold on a whole lot of them. But that didn't stop people like AOC and, and uh, Katie Porter and a few of the others of going a little bit rogue on their desires, and it hasn't stopped Elizabeth Warren from uh, pushing uh, Joe Biden over the student loan type stuff and, and and all that. There just doesn't seem to be anybody in the Republican Party that can even make pay lip service or anything else. Well, you have uh, to speak up, Roger, but when it comes time to voting, they fall in line. Right, because they know where their damn bread is buttered. It's 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 not a, it's not a difficult calculation. And I don't know if you saw this. I presume you did. This is a very well-informed community. Um, but the weaker speaker backtracked. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, George is going to have committee assignments. He's going to be on committees. Because he suddenly did the math and he realized he was going to need George's loyal vote. They're going to give this crooked son of a bitch that lied about his own name a committee seat? Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? Then Covers is kicked off a couple of the, the really good Democrats who voted for and participated in the impeachment, he's kicked them off any committee. And Jim Jordan, that has no law degree and no judicial experience... Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He has a law... Judicial committee. He has a law degree. He, he does, Jim Jordan? Yeah. Yep. Capital University. Didn't they strip Adam Schiff of all committee seats? I mean, that's well, they they stripped they stripped him and um, Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar, Ilhan Omar from the Foreign Relations Committee and the Intel These Committee. These are rotten, man. They're just rotten to their core, and hopefully. Yeah, but Steve, wasn't it? Wasn't it? But wasn't it you, Steve? Weren't we talking and came to the realization that it didn't matter if they had a majority of a hundred or a majority of one, they were going to do whatever they damned well wanted? Yeah. Yeah. And let's be frank here. Kevin McCarthy has no loyalty to anybody but Kevin McCarthy. So Kevin McCarthy is probably doesn't give two shits what happens to George Santos. He doesn't give two shits. What happens to Jim Jordan or any of those fuckers? He doesn't care about them. But you're well, a New you're a New Yorker. He knows, but he knows how to do basic arithmetic, and he knows that if George Santos resigns, there will be a special election called. Will there not? It's too far from yes. the next election for well, uh, for Kathy Hochul just to appoint a replacement. 
I don't, I don't think for house seats, I don't think you can appoint, you don't think you can appoint replacements. You can't, Steve, you have to have a special election. Only for senators can you appoint a replacement. Senators can be appointed to fill a vacancy, but not members of the house. It has to go to a special election. Right. And this district so pissed off that that more than likely than not, a Democrat would no, I wouldn't go that far. You know, uh, you don't think so, no, Kim in New York has has warned us all along about that particular district. It's Long Island, which is fairly Republican, but and it's Nassau County. It's Nassau County, but but Nassau County has been, at least as far as federal, has been. Now there are usually blue dogs or. Um, well, Steve, didn't they go for Biden by eight percent? The last election? I mean, it could, it could have, but I'm just saying that's not, that's not entirely red out there. Oh no, yeah. Um, I, I they've, had, they've had some blue dog slash conservative Democrats out there for a long time. One of the guys was named Tom Swazi. Um. So yeah, but, but I, Kevo you know, doesn't wait, want to take a chance because there is a chance that a Dem could fill that seat. Oh, I would bet money on it. I mean, yeah, I, I would not, say at least not, a 40% chance. Yeah, it's least. not a sure thing, uh-uh. but I would say it's more likely than not. So it, rather than, you know, 70-30 or 60-40, I would say 55-45. And, and Kevo is so power-hungry, he doesn't want to take that chance. That's why well, we well, find our place. the other thing is, if it were a special election, the Democrats clearly would not ignore it. I think where the Democrats got burned this time around was that they felt those seats were relatively safe and didn't put any resources into them. I mean, it would be interesting. Well, that was, I mean, in, in, in George Santos's oh, district, in, but in George district, George district, Robin, in George Santos's district in particular, you know, George Eastman went to the uh, Daily News and he went to the New York Times and he said, listen, we got this dirt. And they were like, ah, that guy's never going to win. We're not going to waste any column inches on that. We're not, you know, we still have to pay for the ink, buddy. And so a lot of this is on uh, is, is on the media. And the fact of the matter is, I saw this somewhere recently uh a lot of people, a lot. There were Republicans who damned well knew that George Eastman was a piece of shit, and they just kept their mouths shut because they were, you know, loyal Republicans. Wait, George Eastman? Or not George? George Santos. Oh. Okay. No, no. Who's the the Eastman, the Democrat who lost to him? Oh, okay. I, I, yeah. Okay. That he was a piece of shit as well? No, no, no. That no, the Republicans knew that Santos was a piece of shit. Okay. It's been my observation that CNN is um, trying to be more and more like Fox News. CNN sucks day. balls. Oh, they're awful. I mean, I, I, I think. Well, their new executives, started. their new, their their new executives were brought in to Foxify CNN. Well, and that's uh, exactly what they've done, but, uh, because I'm, you know it's, it's, not, it's been nothing but Biden and his 
you know, the equivalency of how bad Biden is and, you know, and they try to make this both siderism case with these documents and it's as different as apples and fucking oranges, man. Well, I will be, I don't, I have, I have found U.S., well, I think I said this to Robin or I said it to somebody, we don't have journalists. No, it's me. We have, okay, we have reporters, and Robin actually came back and said it even better. We have gossip columnists. Er, Edward R. Morrows, they're dead. I mean, the perfect example for me was, and you you should, you you, you all should uh, see if you can find the video. There was uh, Sidney Powell, Sasquatch, Chewbacca, um, had, there was, uh, you know, Australia has um, ABC. Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Yes. And they have 60 Minutes, I think, is on the ABC. Well, they did an interview with Sidney Powell. And they made her look like the idiot she is. And she walked off and they got her back on there. Well, Anderson Cooper, dimwittess of dimwits, plays this clip and he's like, oh my God, can you believe what this happened? What happened here? Blah, blah, blah. They really went after her. And I remember watching this thinking to myself, look, dickweed, that should have been you doing that. Not relying on an Australian journalist to, to, to ask questions of a person here in the US. And it was completely lost on the idiot that, that that's that, that it should have been him. But there's kind of a tradition, Steve. Do you remember when the Irish journalist asked hard questions of W? Oh, yeah. Um, and sort of the same thing transpired. What a pity American journalists can't do that. Because you know why? And this is the one thing I've noticed. And, and of course, everyone knows my kick of reading, of looking and watching and listening and reading um, UK news. Um I find the BBC to be a little bit too conservative. They were very pro-Brexit. But Ben Shapiro went on there, and the guy who emailed, the guy who interviewed him was named Andrew Neal. Well, if you ever look up Andrew Are you talking Neal, about the Ben Shapiro? Yes. The WAP Ben Shapiro? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. I'm going to talk really fast because I'm going to talk really fast because I'm stupid. Yes. The, or as Sam Cedar calls him, the Pope of the Jews, which I think is fucking hilarious. <laughs> I just, I never hear his name without hearing it. it but I don't understand. I, I know. I'm married. My wife never gets wet. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, and I, I would love to say to him, and you're wondering why your kids look like the milkman. Um, oh, I could tell you some stuff that would curl your hair. I mean, you, you know, you know that I. You know that I've made a bit of a study of the incel and the manosphere and the men's rights mm-hmm. weirdos. You you want it? You want it, You want a fun little factoid? Wait a sec. Let me. Okay. Let finish. Me yeah. Now please finish. So Andrew Neal is he? He's a guest interviewer on the BBC. He's a super right winger. Have you ever heard of the? You remember the American Spectator? That oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the UK version is called the Spectator. Super right-wing magazine, but when Neil went on the BBC, he put aside his right-wing ideology to do like real journalism, and he comp- he con- consistently challenged Shapiro, 
And at one point, Shapiro talks about him being a far left, what, blah, 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 blah. And Neil says, he, how did he say it? He says, if you knew how stupid that sounded, you wouldn't have said it. Um, <laughs> because, because Neil is, if, I don't know if you ever saw, there was a, um, Alex Jones went on there and he went crazy and was. Yeah, oh no, I remember that. That was Andrew Neal. That he's a super right winger, but but when there, when he has his journalist hat on, you wouldn't have known it. But check that out. I thought well, Shapiro is just anyway. Yeah, please, please, let's let's. Okay, just and, and we can just sort of sub this in for uh, Robin's uh, creepy sugar daddy story hour because this is equally creepy. But out there in the world inhabited by the likes of Joe Rogaine and Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh and... Still play the music behind it. No, 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 no. This is... <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. Jeremy. I do this to bring you in. Yeah, where's the music? Um, by the way, we got 20 bucks to go to finish Cat's Challenge. That'll get us down to 250 That would mean that we were actually $50 funded for this evening. So that's a big deal. we got 19, 18 minutes. Um... So, but I mentioned, you know, and the, the, these, these, the, you know, Lobster Daddy Jordan Peterson. Lobster Daddy. <laughs> that was great. Give yourself a cowbell. Oh, no, 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 I can't. That's stolen. Everybody knows that Jordan Peterson is the Lobster Daddy. Um, but they, 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 they have these bizarre... Things they think are facts about women's anatomy. We're, we're folding this into Robin's creepy sugar. What is, what is it? Well, this is standing in as a replacement because this is just equally okay. creepy. <laughs> I'm going to try to be as clinical about this as I possibly can. And then we can transcend into the other one. No, we're not going to Robin's creepy sugar, <laughs> creepy sugar daddy. No. You kicked that to the curb, didn't you? Oh, you know, there are some good ones. I had a good one a little while, but no. Oh, uh, come on, man. You can't do that, Robin. No, no, you're right. No, we, remember we were, Steve, Steve, remember we retired that after it got super okay. double plus really creepy, remember? Okay. You're, uh, the, you're the boss, ma'am. So uh, like I said, I'm going to try to be real clinical about this. We're, we're disappointed. These 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 dudes, and you spell that D O O D Z, dudes, have all these whacked out notions about women's reproductive anatomy. And one of them is that every time a man ejaculates inside a woman that the walls of her vagina preserve some of the guy's DNA what? via sperm. Every what? time. What the, oh my God. Hold on. I'm not kidding. It gets weirder. Because you, ha you, 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 have to, you have to remember, there's a lot of, in the Venn diagram of these freaks, there's a lot of overlap between white supremacy and Nazis and far, you know, ultra right wing fascist, you know. It, it, it verges on being a circle. Just a circle. And so the way they explain it is 
if a woman has had multiple sexual partners, then no man who impregnates her can be absolutely sure that the child is his. And, and that's how a white guy can have sex with a white woman and the baby turns out black. Because somewhere back in her past, she had sex with a black guy and her vagina preserved some of the black guy's DNA and that was what actually fertilized the egg. Well, I, I am to, not kidding. I, I have to raise what Steve said that I just am now shocked that it actually got crazier than what you first said. It, 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 yes. I mean, it's... And they and 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 it and it and it circles the globe in these in these communities, and the incels and the MGTOWs and the manosphere guys are absolutely convinced of that. And so, just to just to expand, and you know, I don't do this for prurient purposes. I do this to try to make it clear how sick because these are all these aren't Democratic voters, okay? These are people who run to the polls to vote maggot, vote Republican. This is the modern conservative movement. And so... I'm saying there's a chance, since this is on the internet, Marjorie Taylor Greene could fall down this rabbit hole and start protesting her own vagina. Is there a chance of that? I, she probably already does. You know, it wouldn't be... Remember, it wasn't that long back that Anthrax Coulter was saying that women should not have the vote. Anything is possible among these goons. You, you know, I really hope that Elon Musk gets his uh, spaceship up and running because uh, I, I love all of you, but I'm going to be very happy to start Blast my off. life. Yeah, start my <laughs> life again on Mars. No, you'll be an indentured servant, and you'll be cleaning. Up, you'll be the pool boy at his at his beach house. You don't no, you don't want that. What we want is for Elon Musk to build a lot of his dick rockets and put all the incels and all the MGTOWs and take Joe Rogaine and Ben Shapiro and the Lobster Daddy and Alex Jones and all of them and they all fly off to Mars and then we have a pretty nice planet to save. Yeah, I would agree with that. Except I would like to keep a couple of the crazies here because we could put them in a zoo and we just like, you know. No, just... no, no. Okay. Those who do not remember history, right? You know, look at the look at look at the viruses that are un, that are that are thawing out from the Siberian tundra, for God's sakes. Learn a lesson. True. I, I, as soon as I said that, I thought I said I thought the downside of a zoo is that the animals could escape. So right. You know, I, and by the I way, at, <laughs> thank you, Matt. Wait a minute, Matt in San Francisco. Subject line, vaginas. Don't the vaginas also store the guy's driver's license and social security number? It's, 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 if it's imprinted on the... Of course. And, and, you know, and, if she's, and if she's had sex with a guy who's vaccinated, you know, the liquid barcode goes right up there. Thank you, Bill Gates. 5G technology broadcasting live from... Robin, Shut up, okay. Robin. Robin, I have to ask, are you, you're honestly saying this? I mean, this is like, people really... Th yes! 
But you know, this is like this is one of those things where. And they talk about and they talk about women. Uh, it, it, what the, the, you're talking about? You know, twenty late twenty somethings, thirty somethings, forty somethings, who will proudly say, "I'm out there looking for a 16 year old virgin." Because I'll, I'll know because if she's never had sex with nobody, she's more likely to pair bond. Pair bonding doesn't take place within the human species. They took a study about hyenas or something, and 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 extrapolated it onto human beings. This is how, you know. And and the thing is, what makes it so pernicious is a the internet and b, you know. Young boys out there, because remember, Republicans don't want anybody to be taught anything about sex education or human sexuality or even, uh, you know, how the body works. Um, and so you got these kids who are being taught nothing, and they run across this, and they're immediately sucked in and radicalized and the next thing you know they've got a tape wrist and they're measuring the circumference of their wrists and the slopes of their foreheads and whether they're a chad or an incel and then they take the red pill and then they take the black pill and and the next thing you know somebody's stabbing somebody somebody's stabbing four people to death in a house in idaho or shooting up or, or shooting up a, a, a group of women in 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 california okay robin Yes, Robin? Scott. I couldn't wait to get in. I was coming back from my doctor's appointment, and I was pushing the walker, so I couldn't grow a third hand to, to chime in. Let me see if I've got this straight, because I think I saw this in, in, a, in a popular Christmas movie. Every time their bollocks sing, an angel gets its wings. Is that how that uh, equation goes? Not quite. Not quite. Oh, okay. but well, you I know. tuned in too late. That's why I was... A beat behind. Sorry. No, it, it, it gets so weird. They think that, uh, for instance, if a woman has sex with a hundred guys, okay, and, and by the way, you'll see memes say that by the time she's 22 years old, a woman has had sex with, uh, the average woman has had sex with a thousand men. And we wonder, and we wonder how you wind up, how we wind up with these stupid things like what's going on in the capital of Missouri, where we're worried about women showing their bare naked arms in jeff city yes oh hell you could go to the walmart i forget what uh, yeah, highway it was on morning yeah. noon or night and that's all you would see are women's arms yeah but not that but, but this is about women who are in the state legislature well no, i never did go if in all the women oh. have had sex with <laughs> a thousand men by the time they're 35 or 22 yeah 22 22? Yes. Horseshit. How could there be incels if, There's not if they've had sex with yeah, them? Well, they're having was... sex with every. They're having sex with all the chads, okay? And the giga chads. Are they dead? Because they've chads? got another, another theory that 80% of the women only have sex with 20% of the men. And they've got a weird Greek, Greek word, hypergamy. Uh. And, and and I mean it just it it goes on and on. So uh, here's here's their but here's their theory: if a woman has sex with a hundred different guys, she's ruined. No no no. By the time she's 22, she's had sex with a thousand guys. This is a different theory. 
if a woman if a woman has sex with a hundred different guys, her 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 vagina is ruined. Okay, uh, they understand nothing of human physiology. They know uh, they understand nothing of of the nature of the vagina. You know. So like, it's like, dude, dude, you think a lot. You really think you really are phallocentric, aren't you? Because this is this this is this is an organ that can push out sometimes a thirteen pound baby. Yes, but a dick is going to ruin it. No. Uh, <laughs> well, but wait, wait, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. No, hold, stop being mathematical. Stop. Roger and I are We're down the rabbit hole here. Brains do not matter. These are idiots. Um, but here's the thing. If she has sex I with... I think it's a rabbit hole. I think it's an asshole. That's where their head is. Well, but here's the thing. So if she has sex with 100 guys, 100 different guys, her vagina's ruined. But if she has sex 100 times with the same guy, her vagina's fine. This is this is part of their. This is all part of their. Uh, this is another one of their hypotheses. Yes. Uh, no. And, these are most, uh, to, to them. These are facts. <laughs> most facts. Of is, most of the shit is being made up by uh, pale-looking, skinny kids in their mother's basements who have never been with a woman. Right. And you read these things and go, you know, fellas, why don't you just go fuck each other and be happy? I think Robert Ripley died too soon because uh, <laughs> I've seen, I've been to his museum in Ocean City, Maryland, many years ago. And I saw. Ah, the Ripley's, believe it or not, auditorium I, spelled O D D I T O R? I simply did not believe half of what I was seeing. It, and it took me a while to get past that. I drank steadily there for a, a, a period of time. But so. But Explain the meaning of the wrist measuring and the forehead slope. You have to explain that part. That's the most funny part to me. Well, yeah, you take it. You know. No, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you to. But oh, well, the, 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 slope, slope? the slope of the forehead, the shape of the brow ridge, millimeters of bone, the, 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 the circumference of the wrist all denote the difference between being a loser in cell and a or, chad. Or a dancer. No, or a Chad. <laughs> Chads, you know Chads are the alpha males. This has origins, it sounds like, Chad. with the um, with uh, the Nazis, where they where they. Well, it, it, took right. That's why. That's why all this. Uh, uh, that that's 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 why all these 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 various freaks are so easily sucked in to modern Nazism and modern fascism. Oh, yeah, they order, there's the Nazi mail order store where they can get their home set of calipers and different things to measure, measure the space between, the, you know, the brow and the, the wrist circumference. And Oh, yeah, because you can't be a bona fide Nazi uh, incel uh, skinny kid without, any, without the official kit, you know. <laughs> out of the back of the uh, comic book. Yeah, do not mail stamps, you know. Send 25 cents in coin plus this coupon for your... <laughs> okay, okay, I, I've been, I've just been scrolling. I got you. I, here, here, this is, this is from an incel forum, okay? 
I never understood how people, especially women, just refuse or don't want to have sex. They somehow believe that sex is unnatural. It's like saying you don't want food to go into your mouth and that the act of chewing is too much to bear or something. She literally can lay on her back, use some lubricant, and go to sleep. There's nothing more to be done there, literally. And the guy will last all of three to five minutes with a condom on. No difference from using a dildo, a hard object going into a hole that's meant to, it's meant to go into. Women can have zero attachment, barely even feel their small dick, and then go right back to watching a movie and eating some popcorn. Like, how are y'all pretending like a natural lubricated hole where a penis is supposed to go equals such a tortuous act? It's no different than drinking a glass of water, even if you're not really thirsty at all. It won't kill you. My response is, no, it's not that they don't want to have sex. It's that they don't want to have sex with you. you well, yes. Uh, wearing ankle chains is the sign of a lesbian or a prostitute. Ankle chains? Wait a minute. I got, I got go back to the to the other guy. And and this guy wonders why he can't get laid. Yeah, exactly. I was just like, with an boy, attitude you're like that, I mean... You're just a charm magnet for the catch. Here's one. Here's one. You're going to love this one. I've seen this one a million times. Menstruation is called period because back in the day when women's bodies weren't as polluted, all it was was a tiny dot. Look, these people are getting back to the previous one. I like a glass of water as much as the next person, but I don't like drinking it out of a mud puddle. Come on, they they gotta be just trolling each other. No, no. I promise you. I well, I told you about my field trip to the uh, to George Lincoln Rockwell's uh, Nazi party over in Arlington. Yeah, high school. Armed only with a tape recorder and a series of questions, I brought the head Nazi in via tape to the show and tell of my sociology, for show and tell in my sociology class. And you've got to remember the, the time frame. This was when a big integration thing was going on with the Alexandria, Virginia school system in 70, 71 going into 72. And everybody was up in arms over it. But it was basically a, a, a way to meet the desegregation uh, 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 requirements to continue to get federal and state funding. And you, the East and West High Schools were ninth and 10th grade, and then the Central High School was 11th and 12th. And it worked out wonderfully for everybody without hardly trying, except for the people who didn't like the idea. And there were, that movie, Remember the Titans, the time frame of that uh, is during that pivotal year when the big uh, desegregation plan was going into effect. So if you've ever seen that movie, you, you have a taste of what I went through in, in real life. But the Nazis actually protested the, the, the plan. So my sociology class wanted to get into this guy's head, but they wouldn't let me bring, bring, bring him in for show and tell. So they did the next best thing. They sent me over there with a tape recorder and a stack of questions. And I think that tape still exists. I've got to call the school and see if they'll dub me a copy. Because after all these years, that's 50 years ago. I would love to hear what, how I interacted with this guy. Because I don't, other than doing the interview, I don't remember anything else about it except his name. 
I think he shot himself about 10 years ago in Idaho or Iowa, one of those I states, because he wasn't happy, couldn't get a date or something. Uh, but anyway, that's I digress. Okay, I got one. Okay, I'm I'm just I'm, because y'all are like skeptical. No, I'm not. No, uh, I've, uh, I've yeah, I just I just got a I just got a I got a I just got a big old what uh, from Ralphs. Uh, yeah, this <laughs> they walk among us. Okay, um, the reason and, and, and to go back to Jeremy's question, the reason they measure their foreheads and and their wrists and things like that is because it's it's a form of so, and it's not Darwinistic, but it's called social Darwinism. It's determinism. In other words, you know, you're never going to reproduce. You're, nobody's ever going to love you because women are only drawn to these characteristics, and, and and they never look around in the wider world and see all the guys who aren't chads who are happily, you know, happily married, happily partnered uh, with you know with women. Uh, measure their foreheads. Where does that leave Matt Getz? Wow. He's got multiple foreheads. Th- true. <laughs> uh, let, okay, so then their fascination, their fascination with periods. So uh, some genius came up with this. So the average period is between 10 to 35 milliliters of blood. Each tampon holds about 5 milliliters, so tampons, seven tampons per cycle. Let's be generous and say 10 for those ladies with an extra juicy uterine lining. Nine periods per year equals 90 tampons max. You can get a 64-pack on Amazon for £7.90 plus shipping, because this is big, in, in, this is big over uh, on Turf Island, too. Buy two packs, save on shipping, and have 128 tampons for the year. That's about 20 pounds here or there for a year's periods. Cut down on your Starbucks venti fraps and stop whining. This isn't a first world problem, because that was a response to uh, the, the, the the discussion about the so-called, uh, and not so-called, it is um, the period tax. And the these guys lose their freaking tiny little weird-ass minds. On a similar bent, and it would go to the intelligence of the people at NASA, when they sent the first woman up to the space shuttle, I don't remember the, all the details of it, but the number of tampons they sent up with her is has created a huge uh sense of enjoyment amongst a whole lot of women in dealing with the number of tampons, which showed the absolute ignorance of the male people who were in charge of supplying the right. It was, it was like a the gross, stuff because, wasn't because it? the weight is a problem anytime they send up stuff on the space shuttle. And the amount of tampons they sent up, they probably could have stayed there for like another four days of food and water. But I, I, I forget the numbers now, but if you ever want to dive into some stupidity, uh, check out the number of tampons they sent up with the first woman to space. Uh, let's try another one. Pants were invented for men, not women. It's impossible for a woman to wear pants, jeans, yoga pants, dress pants, leggings, dungarees, etc. Dungarees without sexualizing her body since they highlight her legs, curves, and rear end. Women who want to be modest should not own pants at all. And that's... Contraire. And that's contraire, and I'll tell you why. Well, hang on. That, 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 there's a larger point here. 
And that is a lot of this garbage is coming out of the Middle East. There are very sophisticated propaganda operations in Iran, in Saudi Arabia, in the UAE, Qatar, Pakistan, India, and some of it's governmental and some of it's just fucking weirdos. But because it's so misogynistic, it catches on over with the Manosphere types like Andrew Tate. In fact, Andrew Tate, who is still a guest of the Romanian authorities, uh, and hopefully will remain one for the foreseeable and unforeseeable future, um, he claimed he converted to Islam because he liked the misogyny and the women are submissive. Well, that's like those men who fetishize uh, Japanese women. There's even, what was the name of that? I used to see it advertised in the back of magazines. It was like a, 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 a publication where you could write like pen pals to Japanese ladies. I think it was called Cherry Blossoms. And they were just gaga for Japanese women. And I don't know whether it was their stature or the the cultural difference of maybe it's not true in today's world, but back then it was like they were they were portrayed as being very obedient or submissive, whatever the word is. And and Anglo men just couldn't get enough of the cherry blossoms, so to speak. No oh, Lord. Uh, Matt <laughs> And see, that's that's another racist perception. Uh, these, these guys, well, I need to find an Asian woman because you know they're not like Western women. They'll do what they're told. Ill. And all of this, you know, all of this loops back on that story out of Missouri. It's the same behavior. It comes from the same place. It's obviously never met Tokyo Rose. Uh, you know, that's, I'm just saying, a whole historical nugget for your yeah. consideration. Uh, Matt in San Francisco said, a hundred guys in one night? That seems implausible, even for a harlot. That would be, well, to call the Beatles to mind, a hard day's night. Shame on me. Um, well, like I said, we got $20 to go on Cat's Challenge. I hope that comes in. Um, it's been, it, we, we got a little bit, we were a little slow out of the gate, but we picked up along the way. Hey, Robin. Hey, Steve. Hey, I need to actually run because, and you'll know why when I say this, <clears throat> I need to, I'm trying to not take the subway as late as I used to, so I need to get it before it gets too late. So. No, that's a wise call on your part. Um, in any event, y'all have a good weekend. Be safe and all that other double H. Um, and if y'all know what don't know what Double H is, Happy Horse Shit. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I was pretty sure it wasn't affiliated with the number eighty-eight or anything, or the fourteen or, words. Actually, there's a there's a highway in Missouri which is the Double H, but I forget where it goes. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I, and I I'm sure every I'm sure every sign has a swastika on it by, at this yeah. point. And I, I didn't mean that, Scott. I can I can assure you, I just meant Happy Horse Shit. I didn't mean. Uh, no, no, no. I know you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, y'all, take care, and, uh, you know, it's all that. Are you going to be on Monday, by the way? I'm sorry. Oh, of course. 
Remember me, the girl who doesn't take days off? Yeah, I know. I What's know. I Monday? Was... It's the Martin Gosh. Luther King Jr. holiday. Oh, that's oh, okay. Wow, the month is flying by. Yeah, it is. It is. Anyway, y'all, take care. Okay, have a good have a good weekend. All right, see you, Steve. Stay safe. Okay. I will. Take care. Bye bye. 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 And I just got a note from Jude. Uh, apparently, uh, NASA did not send 100 tampons into space. Um, Sally Ride said, I remember the engineers trying to decide how many tampons should fly on a one-week flight. They asked, is 100 the right number? They asked if it was the right number. In conclusion, and thank you, Jude, for this, in conclusion, NASA didn't actually send a woman to space with 100 tampons, like the song says. However, according to Sally Ride, NASA did ask if that was the correct number. Uh, so, um, there, it, 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 start, it, it started from a, uh, a, a, a spoof song and a thing at history.com that was detail short um, and NASA didn't always know how to adjust to the presence of women and then there's then there's Ferner von Braun you know the father of the American space program uh, in the late 60s or early 70s talking about future space exploration he said we are, in, we, we are calculating and including 110 pounds for recreational equipment. He met a woman. NASA has a long and ugly history of homophobia and gynophobia. Uh, in fact, the guy that the, the, the uh, Webb Space Telescope is named after, there have been protests over naming that telescope after him because he led what was called the pink purge at NASA in which they tried anybody that was suspected of homosexual activity was driven out of, the, of, of any association with NASA whatsoever thanks Jude appreciate it hope you have a lovely weekend good to hear from you and so uh, we'll, we'll call it uh, we'll call it an evening it's been uh, it's been a heck of a week and uh, oh, oh, just one last thing because we need to end on we need to end on an upbeat note. Um, turns out because the, uh, the Stephen Georgistan asked me earlier and and then went and found an answer. Yes, a Democrat can file a motion to vacate on the Speaker. Just one Democrat. And this presents a potential interesting scenario. If the entire Democratic caucus voted as one and a Democrat made a motion to vacate, they would need only five Republicans to join with them to remove Kevin McCarthy as the weaker speaker. Think about that. Think about what a joyful little bit of chaos that would be. And that is the sort of Damocles that hangs over the weaker speaker's head every minute of every day of his speakership. 
All it takes is those five malcontents who voted present in the final vote. All they have to do is vote with the Democrats, and Kevers is gone, gone, gone. So, just a happy little note to close the week. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, uh, thanks so much for joining in on this Friday on the Front Porch. Uh, special thanks go out uh, for the uh, Have a Show on Me that got us down to only, well, I'm assuming the $200, the, the, the $20 will come in, that got us, into, got us down to the $250. A special thanks to Scott in Texas. Can't thank you enough. Really appreciate you being there this evening and helping avert, no kidding, crisis situation. About halfway there. Thank you. Thanks to our PayPal subscribers, Patreon subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you for the challenge, Kat. Thank you so much. Thanks to everybody who responded. Need one. Need a couple more responses. Um, Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Roger and Sparky and Steve in the chat room and in the old holler tree. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live. Remember, please like and subscribe to the podcast and leave some feedback. Tell your friends and neighbors there's something really unique going on here that's been going on for almost 20 years. And I'd love to get more people into the conversation. It would be wonderful. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Oh, brand new Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Best place to listen to the first round of Malloy is head on dot live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop for a year now. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your flu shot, wipe down your surfaces, help stop the spread of RSV, and help, um, especially among the little kids. Please. It's mask wearing time again. I was wearing masks pretty much a mask pretty much all day today when I was out and about. Um, wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet like Paul from Parts Unknown said. And of course, if somebody comes burbling at you, Talking, you know, demanding. We not, we want to know how Ben Hur got appointed to be the special prosecutor. Um, ignore, uh, avoid that jacket, that jacket off, uh, Ohio maggot like the plague, because he is, and always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.